The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, it's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When new adventure lies just around the bend So if you wanna join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I wanna settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my own I'm bored of that. Yeah, I'm bored of that. I feel we've, uh, feel we've done. The hobo. We've done the hobo. The hobo's been done, guys. We get tired of the hobo, like, once every six months. What other words are there for um, a hobo tramp? Vagrant. Um, a homeless. Um, I don't like the word bum. I don't like the word bum, because that's an Americanism, and we don't... We, no, a bum is something different. Itinerant. Yes. Um, a dosser. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's a dosser, yes. Yeah, yeah. Go on, what other ones are there? This is uh, straight, straight in with the games, guys. No fixed abode. No. Yeah. No, that's yeah. you wouldn't. You wouldn't say, oh, look, there's a no fixed abode. An NFA. No. Yeah. No, you wouldn't say that. Yeah. That's that's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. You made that up. If you read that in the paper of no fixed abode, it means that they're saying they're. No, but you'll use that to describe someone. Yeah. But you wouldn't. Say, it's like you'd, you'd say. You would say, oh, that person is of no fixed abode, but you wouldn't say... You wouldn't say there's, You wouldn't point to them and say, there's a no fixed abode. No, because no one says it in real life. No. It's just a written down thing. Okay, things that they only say in newspapers, they don't say in real... Rush to hospital. Bonk. Romp. Sex session. <laughs> oh, when someone's wearing a dress... Yeah. ...and you can see their legs... Yeah. ...they are showing off their pins... Yes. Flaunting their pins. Um, 344 is the telephone number. Other words for homeless people. Showcasing and their chest, other side boob. phrases that are only used in uh, newspapers, uh, please, if you would be so kind. 344 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio, with Time to Change. We'll have a Time to Change hour after 11, which would be great. I can, I can feel it. Because it'd be great. It's a great radio show. What am I talking about? It's a great radio show. Um, I'm not really a fan of Louis C.K. I saw one of his live um, um, stand-up comedy sessions um, on uh, Netflix, and I wasn't that impressed with it. Wasn't that impressed? All I've heard about him, really, is from Keith and the Girl, and they've been shouting about this for quite some time, suggesting that he was a pain. Well, more than a pain. Can I ask a question that might sound um, controversialist? And I don't mean it to sound controversialist. Mm -hmm. um, And it might sound insulting towards victims of sexual assault, but I definitely don't mean it to be... I'm not one of those jocks... That comes and goes, yeah, but here's something, right? Because I don't, 
it's just something that has popped up in my head today. A thought. Go on. A thought bubble, which I'm going to um, pass out onto the world. And um, mm. and I tell you where I tell you where it came from. It came from yesterday. There's um, an actor um, who was in Gossip Girl. Yes. And was in a British series, who has been accused of rape. Now, last night he'd been accused of rape by one woman, and he came out very firmly and said, "I do not know this woman." I have never forced myself on anyone, and I've never committed rape. And I thought, gosh, that's a real... This is going to be an interesting one to watch, because this is a really... Interesting one. It's a really firm rebuttal. None of the others so far have had firm rebuttals. They've been, I can't remember... Yeah. Or, I don't remember... I don't think that happened, but both of them seeking, quote-unquote, treatment. So there's been no firm rebuttal. So I thought, oh, this is... This is... This is interesting. Um, and then today a second rape allegation has come out against the same the same man yeah um and it got me thinking about a conversation we had the other day about john leslie whose career was ruined by um hints and accusations innuendo to start with he ulrika uh, johnson in, in an autobiography talks about being raped by by a tv presenter she never named him did she, she never named him and but, but you know it, people in the industry knew it was john leslie that was being named that was that was being not being named to. being referred to and then when he, his name came out then a string of other women came out and said they had been sexually assaulted by john leslie now i can't remember if it went to court or not yeah it did it go to court yeah and he was found innocent yeah. Right, OK, so it did go to court, and he was found innocent, but his career was over. His career was over. I think his career was also... and It was not helped by the fact there was a picture of him snorting cocaine on the front page of one of the newspapers, I remember that. Um, but he, 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 his career was over, and he, he went through um, torment. OK. So here's the thing I'm, I'm trying to kick around in my head, and there, I have no... I have no um, liberal, lovey way of saying it. So I'm just going to say it in kind of slightly complicated language, okay? No, uncomplicated language. I'm just going to say it and then we'll try and make it into something a little bit neater and a little bit um, more user-friendly and then we can decide whether there's any merit in it. I'm not saying there is or we can we can toss it out the window. Right, okay? go on. It sounds really insensitive. I'm going to say it. Everyone is believing every accusation that is being made currently about all of these people. This actor, whose name I don't even know, um, the guy from Gossip Girl, about Kevin Spacey, about about Harvey Weinstein, um, the, 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 about uh, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if they're true or not. I don't know, but it, 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 I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of an old-fashionedist, or maybe it's because I'm a man. I don't know, but um, it. <sighs> It feels like we're taking everybody who's coming out and saying that they have been sexually assaulted by someone. We are going. We are. We are instantly believing that. Whereas um, I kind of think that um, uh, these things need to go through a court of law, and right. there needs to be the stuff. I get that. You see what the point I'm trying to make. I get that. And you see why I'm uncomfortable saying that. Yes, yeah, because okay, good. you know. Yes. That for years. Yes. Women have been dissuaded from coming forward. Yes. Because they have not been believed. Yes. Because. They've been asked, what were they wearing? Had they been drinking? Had they been yep. going out with him before? I mean, come on, really? Is it just because you don't remember and you're yep. regretting it the next morning? Yes. All these seeds of doubt sown yeah. for years and years and years. And I think what's happening now is that 
I don't really think that Twitter is the place to be doing it, but yes. the fact that this is coming out and it's being addressed by society, a bigger society yes. oh, can only yes. be a positive it's, it's, thing. There's some uh, excellent conversations are being had. I think it's a real shame that this is the way that women feel that they are heard more than actually through other channels, but... The thing but is with this, if you get more than one story yeah. and it all starts to stack up and they're all talking about similar behaviour... Mm. OK. There'll so, be details that are not being given Yes, in no, of course, of course. And this is how they, 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 the police stack up whether they have a case or not, is they will talk about markings on the genitals, for example, phrases that are said, certain sexual, um, uh, you know, the, the, the proclivities that, that the, the, the attacker is, may have. With these being prominent individuals... Yes. ...with with heavily choreographed yes. agendas, yeah. their movements will be quite easy to back up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's... Can we play this... Are we safe to play this game a little bit further? Right. Okay. Supposing there is somebody that I do not like. Right. And I say, well, ten years ago, this person sexually assaulted me. Mm-hmm. Grabbed my... I was, I was in a green room with them... And he he, say he he grabbed my penis and um, unzipped his fly, and it made yeah. me very uncomfortable. Now, right. supposing, I, supposing, I, I, I'm not again. I'm not suggesting that any of these people that have come out are saying this um, are, are making up. I'm just. It would be very easy for me now in this current climate to go on Twitter and name someone mm-hmm. and say. Well, this person molested me. But if that person didn't do it... Yes. ..they would be within their... They can still get you for libel. Right. And they can get you, you for what? L- libel. You said liable. No. Hmm? You're still liable for, for libel. libel. There we go. That's they can good. still get you for that. Yes. It's whether you think you think it's a, a, a gamble worth taking. And also bearing in mind... Yes. ..that it's highly immoral, given... Yeah. ..the atmosphere at the moment, to okay. do something like that. Okay. But, you know, there are some individuals I, who might, I pick whether some, it's on purpose okay. or whether it's because they've got some sort of problem. I pick someone who's particularly toxic, OK, and I come out and say, this person grabbed my penis and unzipped their fly, OK? So there's a, suddenly there's a slight explosion on, on Twitter, OK? And then someone else goes, yeah, that bloke is an arsehole. I'm going to say... No, I don't think... Do I you don't not think... You don't think that that could... Be, I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying any of these people that have spoken up are the case. Hang on a second, because I, I don't want anyone to think I'm coming on doing a controversial, just for the sake of being controversial. No, but I'm we not, have got hang to Hang on, let care, me go. It's, it's really careful. important I say this. It's yeah. really important I say this. Uh, and I'm not in any way casting aspersions on, on anybody who's come out and said these things. I'm not pointing to any particular stories or anyone and going, well, I think that that's, smells a bit, Jeff. I'm not doing any of that. But... I, f- I do, I guess, I, I, maybe it's because I'm old-fashioned, maybe it's I'm a white bloke with a penis, I don't know. I find it hard to... It makes me very uncomfortable accepting all of these things at face value without there being a legal trial. Mm-hmm. It, di- it just makes me feel... Um, it makes me feel uncomfortable that, that there is... Um, uh, it feels like... There is a trial by media as opposed to a legal process. Okay. I can see why. Yes. I mean, let's just take the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, that. Yeah. The rea- his reaction and the things we've found out oh, since yeah, yeah. suggest that yeah. actually these women 
were left with very little other recourse. Yeah. And thank goodness yeah. some of those women felt able to speak mm. because it's, it's emboldened others to come forward. And yes. there are women that have been carrying around yeah. terrible, terrible feelings of guilt, feelings of uh, that you know, no one's going to believe them, all that stuff, for years and years. And that is going to mess with you. Okay. Here's another one. It, we, we talked about Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Mm. I can't remember which one's alive. Corey Haim is the one that died. Corey Haim is the one that died. Okay. And Corey Feldman has uh, spoken uh, a lot recently uh, about paedophile rings in Hollywood that abused him as a child and abused Corey Haim. And Corey Feldman has come out and said that Charlie Sheen... It wasn't him that said it. It he, was another friend. Oh, it's another friend who said... But he's backed it up. Okay. So, because then this is this is then a slightly different angle altogether. So, someone has said that Charlie Sheen raped Corey Haim as a boy, and then Corey Feldman has come out and said, "Yes, he knew about it. He knew about it." Okay, mm-hmm. and we have to say, obviously, for legal reasons, Charlie uh, Sheen completely denies all of that. Well, denies all of that. Um, but then that's a that's that's another different thing. That's that's someone saying secondhand from a dead person, that they were raped. And the difficulty with that one is, there is no way to pursue that through the courts, not only because the, the victim, yeah. if we're assuming that he is a victim yeah. in this case, he's not with us anymore, but also the statute of limitations in America means that that case is null and void. Or is it 25 years or something? Mm-hmm. After 25 years, you can't... Take can't pursue someone. So then what... But then as, then as, a, as, a, as a, a punter, which is what we are, you're then waiting... For another adult to come out and say, I was raped by Charlie Sheen as a child. What I'm trying to say is, I, I'm an old dinosaur, and I'm aware I'm an old dinosaur. Um, and I'm, I'm just struggling to get my head around how, what all of this means. This is, unfortunately, yes. a really old problem, and something that's been allowed to fester and go on for a long, long time. Yes that we are now dealing with in a new way. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be perfect. No. I do think it's a healthy conversation that we're yeah, having. Oh, yes. I think this is a healthy conversation, Yes, too. yes, yes. Um, and I'm just glad that, that finally, you know, people are being listened to. Yeah. You know, because I did have a little bit of sexual abuse when I was a kid. I mean, not massive, not massively. But listen to you playing it down. No, well, exactly, exactly. Um, and and I have um, spoken up and, and I've not named the... Maybe I have named the person, I don't know. Um, but I've certainly given away enough clues. And I'm, I would stand by by that. And it's a dead person and his, his son is also... In, his son is in prison, or was in prison for being a paedophile and... I know that his daughter still works within the scouting community, which just I find abhorrent because she was there um, when when we were all made to strip off as eight, nine-year-old boys and jump around chasing a tennis ball. Um, so where am I going with that point? So I get the thing of... I, I, I totally get why um, victims take years and years to speak up that's not uh, this isn't in any way questioning what people go well, why, why is it taking so long for these these boys these men and these these women to speak up well because it doesn't it's power and it's suppression and it's guilt and it's shame and it's all of those things i get that i get that i don't know it's i don't also, know what i'm trying let's to say. also look at the way it's still being dealt with i yes. saw in the mail online today just yes. today oh yeah, yeah yeah those guys right these days they can go through your face if you don't lock down your uh, social media yeah right 
you better be sure that everything that you you put on there is going to be fodder for someone to dredge through if you end up in the newspapers. So this woman who has been saying that as a bar manager at Westminster, she found that she was getting a lot of unwanted sexual oh, God. attention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All it's of a sudden, they're going self. through her social media. It takes two journalists to do this, by the way. Yeah. Going through her social media, picking out kind of quote-unquote raunchy pictures of her, in, you know, wearing sex. She's a very beautiful well, the- woman, but that shouldn't make any difference. And also talking about the fact that she likes, you know, soft cheeses and French men and all this stuff. So, this, so is that the idea? Is that because she is, um, because she is attractive, yep. and because she clearly um, likes to look nice, yes. and she she likes French men? In some way, she's what asking for not it. not allowed to object yeah. if someone makes an unwanted sexual. Well, they advance. did that the other day, didn't they? With with another woman. Yeah. They, 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 um, so that climate's still they there. They tore it to shreds. I mean, the Daily Mail is is really is a the the, the, the shit rag, you know. And, and and Theresa May, I hope she had a great time at Paul Dacre's birthday party last night. Nice one, Terry. Um, we don't have to, sorry, sorry we, I, it's, it's just kind of, you know, it's just where my head was, dear listener. We don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. I know you want the light and the frothy, and we can do all that. Got plenty of the light and the frothy. Don't you worry about that. You can call in about this. Um, this is The Late Night Alternative, and it is one of those shows, where it is that show where you can literally call in about anything you want, you know, and it will be light and it will be frothy and it will be heavy and it will get quite dark. Um, and you can take the conversation wherever you want. Gatford, stay there, I'll come to you in a minute. Two ways you can get in touch. The two best ways you can get in touch. Um, you can phone us, okay, and you can phone us about what we've just spoken about or anything else that you want to at all. I've got plenty more to talk about. The phone number is 0344... 499 The second best way to get in touch is to Skype us. We have a little uh, Skype system set up here. Basically, it's my computer plugged into the... Um, the com- I don't know how it bloody works. Anyway, um, if you Skype late night alternative, all one word, late night alternative, um, and if I don't get back to you, if I see what we've missed you, I'll give you a call back, and that obviously is free, and you can call from anywhere in the world. I should say, I've got this sore throat, and it's while it's fine, I do keep having coughing fits, and I can feel a coughing fit coming, but I think we'll be okay. Um, this is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, her Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio, with time to change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all of the difference. Uh, go online, type in time to change to find out more. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uh, this is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. And of course, with Time to Change, we'll have a Time to Change hour. Our last one, uh, in the current run of them, guys, I think we can persuade them to come back. Um, after 11 o'clock, where we talk about mental health and all that going... Uh, 0344 is the telephone number. Um, someone on Twitter says, uh, things only written in newspapers, uh, debuting his new girlfriend and debuting a new moustache. <laughs> That's true. You don't... You don't uh, people don't... Uh, hey! Hey! Where can I get a monocle from? And do you have to squint to hold it in? Mr Uppity's house. Um, do, you have to, do you have to squint to hold it in? And why would you only want one eye to magnify? If you're a jeweller, I get it, right? I get it because you got you want to. I get it, right? But if you're like a normal human being, why would you only want one eye amplified? I have an answer. Go. What I wear contact lenses and specs. I wear yes, I know they are. Listen, I one, of my, one of my eyes is significantly weaker than the other. Right. So if that one was weaker and the other one was passable, then you might go monocle. 
No, I don't think that's the case. No? No, 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 Do you no. think it's just for pomposity reasons? So, but you have to squint to hold it in, don't you? That's the thing. You have to, you have to really... It's, it takes... I wonder if the eye muscles are stronger on that eye. I wonder if some people can only wear a monocle on one eye and not the other. So many questions. Why don't you get a monocle that has the arm that you'd get on glasses, but only one of them? Or why can't you get a monocle that's got a strap, like a pirate patch? It's so They've not thought this through, have they? They have not thought this through. 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Good evening, Sally. Hello. Hello, Sally. Hello. Um, I'm really, I know I've phoned you a few times, but I'm really nervous about this one because it's Uh-oh. so sort of close to my heart. Yes. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what I want to say, but I felt compelled to ring. Um, it's the sexual abuse. Um, discussion that you just had. Yes. Um, just from my experience, because I've been through the justice system with it. Yeah. Um, the rebuttal um, thing that you were talking about. Um, I'm not entirely sorry. It's echoing on the line. <laughs> Hang on a minute. If I some advice do this right. and then go that, is that is that any better? Hello. Is that better? No, that's no. That's right. Sam, so call her back. Call her back straight away. The media mark. We will wait. Um, we will wait. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, is that any better? Yeah, that's better. There we go. Oh, oh a little bit, anyway. Okay. Um, well, my father rebuted it straight away. Um, is rebuted so- a word? Ref- refuted. Re- yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. No. 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 I was because my. Uh, sorry. I, I was going to get distracted by by thinking rebuted. Rebuted. That, well, it it sounds right, but I don't know if it. Okay. No. Go. Go on. Right. Well, he did that straight away when it yeah. was. Um. So I'm not necessarily sure that that is. Uh, you know, any idea on whether or not they've done something? No, we didn't say. We didn't say it was. No. No. Um. Uh, but yeah, um, going to court is a really difficult thing to do. Um, my case took 18 months, um, from reporting it to actually going to court. Yeah. Um, it completely sort of changed my life, um, to, it's even changed now, um, I haven't left the house for about five years. Mm. Um, but it, it's... I, I really don't know what I want to say. It's really difficult. Um, but um, I think the other... I think people need to understand how important it is also um, for people to have other people come on board with them. Yeah. Um, because if I'd have gone on my own, um, he would have been found innocent. Oh, yeah. We, we, me, and, me and another lad, um, about eight years ago, six years ago, um, we're going to take this, um, try and press charges against this nonce at the, the cub, the Boy yeah. Scouts. Um, and, um... Uh, so the police were trying to get as many, you know, lads that were there to speak up. And I know a few. There were a couple that I suspect. 
by their behaviour yeah. during and after that, that horrendous week, um, I suspect a lot worse happened to them than happened to me. And, um, uh, and they refused to have anything to do with it. And, and so the police said, we've got a handful of people saying something, but it ain't enough and we can't go any further. So, yeah, you're right. You need, you need uh, as, m- as many voices as you can giving the mm. same, you know, the, the, the specific details, whether they be physical yeah. or behavioural, that, that can then stack up as a, a case. Yeah, but again, with this social media, my social media was brought up in the court case. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Same what? Um, well, um, they started off saying that I hate my father. Right. And right. I sort of said, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And they tried to make a case um, about certain things that I'd said on social media about... Um, I, I I once put on, fa- on social media um, about it's really stupid about Liverpool beating Man United. Yeah. Uh, my dad's from <coughs> Liverpool, and I said that Man United performed a bit like a a ch- uh, chocolate dildo. Oh gosh! Well, <laughs> but that's not completely useless. Well, right, anyway. Um, but they they brought that into it, um, asking me what I about dildos uh, and things like see, that. That's, and tried that's, to yeah, that's 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 beyond the pale. That's that's a bit, Jeff. That's also well, the suggestion being that you clearly didn't have a problem because yeah. you could make jokes about stuff like no, that. No, that's yeah. that's uh, that's un- that's unpleasant and that's unnecessary. And I think that that kind of. Um, level of questioning of of listen if someone is accusing someone of a sexual crime then uh, unfortunately um if it's going to go to court there has to be a thorough you know because it's a huge Mm. thing that is being decided so of course there has to be a thorough investigation but asking people as we've heard those tweets bringing up those tweets is obviously irrelevant and we've heard other cases where in the news where um a woman's sexual history you know has been Mm. brought up as as though you know the fact that she may have had sex willingly with two men one night means that she's always willing to have sex yeah. with two men. You know, that, 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 that means she cannot be raped. Um, that's obviously nonsense. And that, those kind of questions... The things, the, the ones I don't get is when the... the, the, the sometimes when the, um, the person accused defends themselves and they question the victim. That happens. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Imagine that. That's happened. That's outrageous. Yeah. But it's um, but luckily, though. I mean, there was three of us that took him to court in the end. Yeah. Um, and that's why we had to. Wa- that's why I had to wait so long, um, waiting for them to sort of come on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, he's in prison now. But it, I, I think it's very important what's happening now. Um, I think it's sort of been brushed under the carpet. Yeah. Oh no, it is and important. People don't, yeah, and people don't really know how victims react, um, and what happens to them, and and what it does to their lives. Here's the thing, is, and it's it's. Uh, I think the timing of this is um, is interesting because just two weeks ago, before all of this, just before the Harvey Weinstein thing broke, just before. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Kath and I both know someone, knowing the loosest sense, and I'm going to tread very, very carefully to give no mm. clues. 
Kath and I both, both know someone who um, we believe uh, is inappropriate in their behaviour with people of both sexes, both genders, OK? Yeah. And, um, and it's really been bugging me. It's really been bugging me that I've only heard the, this stuff mostly third, mostly through a third party. I think I'm, I'm going to try really carefully, not give away anything. Um, but it's really bugging me that I am powerless to do anything about this individual because mm. I have no evidence. I the the people that have spoken to people I know don't as far as i'm aware don't want to make it a public thing mm. um and i have heard stories from from different arenas of my life okay different i'm being so deliberately vague here but different different parts of my life that don't even intersect i've heard stories about this individual and um i, I was i was talking to catherine about this as just before weinstein broke and then as weinstein broke thinking saying i feel i feel guilty because i believe that this person has done inappropriate things i'm not saying they're a rapist but i'm, I'm saying that they have uh, have acted inappropriately and i do not have the um what don't i have uh, well i certainly don't have the evidence but i i i don't have something that i can take somewhere and say this person is a dodgepile i'm deliberately not saying anything about this person it's yeah it's there's a feeling, isn't there, that it's not your story to tell. And that's yeah. not because you're frightened of taking it forward. It's yeah. out of respect for the people who are dealing with it yeah. at a personal level. So, But, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I really want to say this person should not be getting work. This person yeah. should not be getting work because of um, they have upset people that I know. Mm. And um, uh, so I, I don't know. That's difficult. Yeah, it that's is saying difficult. we can we can hope that right. If anything were to happen uh, that I were to find out about, yeah, I would have no qualms about going and reporting that person. Right, if it was mm -hmm. you know to the boss or whatever. I would hope that this environment now means that any of those people who've been involved in this feel more confident if they want to take it forward. And I just have to say, because you said something that might send people off another thing, it's not someone who works here. No, 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 no. It's not someone who works here. So before you start playing that guessing no. game, it ain't. And we've no, been not at all. Um, Sally, thank you for that. Okay. I appreciate that call. Bye. Cheers. Thank you very much. 0344 499 1000. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a friend in your corner can make all the difference. Go online, search Time to Change to find out more. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I can see people calling in on Skype. Skypers, hold your horses. I will get back to you in a bit. I just want to get some of these calls in first because they've been waiting for a while. Good evening, Jason. Hello. Hello, Hello Jason. Hello, mate. Yeah, I want to talk to you about um, jury duty. Yeah. Have you ever been called up for it? No, I haven't. Sadly, I would love to. No, well, I have recently, and um, and it's a good one as well. It's like um, the when one. Somebody dies and you have to go for that one. Yeah. But the thing is, um, <clears throat> I suffer. I take um, surgering. Yeah. And, um, I suffer for anxiety and um, uh -oh. and depression. Yeah. So I've had him saying that I need to be called up. So I've, I've 
written back to them and said I can't and gave them some evidence. But that was like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I've had nothing back, so I'm starting to get a bit more, like, nervous. When is your, um, when is your due date? Uh, it was December the 10th, I think. Right. Well, uh, is there not a phone number you can phone? Um, I, maybe, I don't know. Wait on a minute, you've not looked, surely you'd look at the letter to see if there was a phone number you could phone, so you could phone them and say, did you receive my letter? That's true, I haven't done that yet, because I've been too worried about it, to be honest. I'll try that. I was called up for jury duty, but I was too pregnant, so I, ra- I rang them up and told them. And they were oh, very, really? Yeah, they were very understanding about Barack it. Barack Obama's doing jury duty. Well, he actually turned up and they dismissed him, didn't they, today? Well, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, you can't have the ex-president of the United <laughs> States <laughs> on there. Um, well, I, I would have thought, yes, I would have thought, um, it, it would have been very easy, I would imagine, to get a note from your doctor, um, signing yes, you off. £27. <laughs> what? Really? Twenty-seven pounds they, they charge you now. Panic. Me and my girlfriend went on a holiday, and she needs something. Cause she's got like um, a an implant in her chest to monitor her heart. It's not a, yeah. a heart monitor; it's something like that. And she had to pay twenty-seven pounds in case she goes for the old. Um, yeah, for the security. <laughs> Flipping it! Um, That's outrageous. Um, well, then I would have thought, Jason, if you send them a letter. Um, yeah. I would have thought that there will be a. Um, uh, a, a number on there, and what day are we today? Thursday. If you give them a call tomorrow, I'd imagine those sort of places they tend to open at ten o'clock in the morning. They're ten right. o'clockers, aren't they? I find them just say, "Look, I've get, uh, have you got my letter? Um, I'm getting really anxious about this. I'm really worried. Uh, uh, you know, and, and 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 be really honest and open. And you know, uh, mate, you can ham it up a bit as well. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, can, you, can, bit, you yeah. can ham it up a little bit as well. Surely they'll have ways and means of contacting your doctor if you give them permission. I'd have thought it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other thing as well. Yeah. So, I went up the loft the other day, right? There we and go. I found my, um, Commodore 64. Yeah, get in there, sunshine! <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Right. This is why he doesn't want to do jury duty. Yeah. He wants to play Bobbin Bomb Jack and I.O. <laughs> I've got it all, right? I've got my Commodore 64, uh, my power pack, and I've got my, um, cassette player, and I've got loads of cassettes. Yeah. Right? Now, I'd like to do it live on your show. Yeah, go on. Boost it up. Yeah. See if it works or not. But the thing is, do you know what sort of TV I need to put it on? Because you can't hook it up to a new TV at the moment. Can you not... Can, can they, will it not work on a new TV? No, not at all, mate. It's not connection to do it. Then you've got... Oh, then you've got to buy a crappy old um, portable. Get, you'll get a portable off of eBay for, like, a fiver. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hang on a minute. Let's have a little look here. This is oh, going to... as if he needs any encouragement to get on eBay, This Jason. is going to happen. So we want... What we want is... Uh, My favourite game was Bruce Lee on there. Oh, mate! You're being... Br- the Bruce Lee game... I was thinking about this the other day. It Love was nuts. You were being chased by a bloke called the Green Yammo. Yeah, that's it, mate. What was you... that? Who was the Green Yammo? That's not in any Bruce Lee film. And you had to get lanterns and stuff, didn't you? Lanterns, and there were little ninjas coming out yeah, after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the strangest... Right, hang on a um, Old... Thompson Decathlon. Love that. <coughs> um, well, we have, um, I've just bought an emulator, a Pi computer that's got all everything on it, including loads of Commodore 64 games. It's not the one that costs, like, 300 quid? No, no, it cost, it cost me about, it was, it was pricey, it was about 150 quid. Oh, right, okay. But it's cool. got PlayStation, Commodore, here we go, look. Mate, um, you, you'll, look, I can see one for 99p, I can see one for a fiver. Um, you, if you just type in old portable TV, right. um, and you'll have to, probably have to go and collect it, so make sure you find one. Or, or go on, um, try eBay, try FreeCycle. i tell you where it's really good, actually. 
Yeah. On Facebook, they have, on the, on my Facebook app on my phone, yeah. there's a button, um, for people selling stuff. And, right. and uh, uh, the amount of crap I've almost bought on there, but you'll get a portable TV on there for no more than a fiver. Right, so we do. So you got for that then? So Mate, hooking up. I yes. Won't hook, I won't hook up beforehand. Good. Ring you up. Yeah. And I'll see if it works and the actual tape thing works. And everything. I'm off next week because I'm writing right. a book. The week after, yes. Yes, I'll do that, mate. Thank you, my friend. Nice one, Jason. Take care, mate. Nice, mate. Bye, bye. Bye. He's, he's, he doesn't want to um, miss the uh, jury because of uh, uh, anxiety. He wants to play Commodore 64. And why the hell not? One more level, Mum. One why more level. Why the hell not? Let's go to Lewis before we have a break. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Ian. Yes, sir. What have you got for us? Okay, basically, I just wanted to bring the show back down a bit mm-hmm. and go back to the sexual harassment uh, yep. discussion that you were having. Yep. Um, and I basically wanted to go on the flip side. Um, earlier this year, I was personally accused of rape. Um, and I just wanted to say that I'm not, for one second, one of the people that thinks that you should say that women cannot come forward. I'm everything about the current conversation. I'm totally for that. And... I'm really supporting of it. But, However, there is also the flip side, yeah. and it's very difficult to know what to say or what to do where people do get accused of these sort of things, and the impact it's had on my life just from being uh, arrested uh, and then the next morning being de-arrested because the woman decided not to go forward with the allegation. Right. Um, the impact that it had on my life at that point, I was absolutely fine. I was a happy guy. It really made me develop anxiety, which I'm pretty much getting over now. How long ago was uh, this, Lewis? This was February. So oh, so, well, okay. So, so, well, fe- well, I was going to say fairly recently, actually. Well, yes and no. Um, Sorry, I'm, tr- I'm chomping on a cough sweet while you're talking to me. I'm not being rude, otherwise I'll have a coughing fit. <laughs> um, so, did you know this? Uh, obviously, don't give us any names or anything that could identify anybody, but did you know this person? Yes. Essentially, it was some. it was a girl that I was seeing for quite a while. Yeah. Um, for about a year, that into the point where we didn't get into a relationship, but she did want to get into a relationship. Um, it got to the point where I think she knew that I didn't want to get into a relationship, and I don't know why, but she decided to go to the police. I've not spoken to her since at all. I decided to stay clear. Very sensible, yeah. go back anywhere near? Yeah. Um, so that happened then, and then it's, it's, it's more the impact, and I don't know what the right answer is, because... You, you've got my situation, which I will openly say I think is incredibly rare. Yeah. Most well. women that come forward are genuinely coming forward for a reason. But then there is this flip side where people are being accused, and it has an impact. Um, like, it, it's difficult on the impact. Like, on, with my family, for example, my family support me full stop, and I know they support me. However, me telling them that, and knowing my family knows I've been accused of that yeah. in my head still has that impact, even well, though I know they support me. We, as, really we as, as people, whenever there's a story in the paper, we always get, we think there's no smoke without fire. And do you know what? Sometimes yeah. there is smoke without fire. You know, sometimes smoke... There are things called smoke machines, and you don't need fire to create smoke. Um, and, w- first of all, congratulations on acknowledging that this is really rare, because I think it is really, really rare. But that doesn't in any way lessen the impact um, that... Uh, it has had on you. I mean, you might, when the police knocked on... What, did they come to your house and say, we're arresting you for rape? Oh, God, yeah. I was in my home. It was about nine o'clock in the evening. I'd been out the night before, and I was very hungover and about to go to bed. Yeah. Get a knock on my door, Lovely. and they come in, 
um, and they arrest me. And I can't, I can't fault the police. They were really nice about it. They weren't like happy go lucky. They were very formal, but they were very like we need to take you away. We need to um, investigate. And mm. um, that was about nine o'clock in the evening. And then about ten a.m. the next morning, um, I had to knock on my police cell. Um, and that was the longest night of my life, by the way. I didn't get one moment sleep. Mm. Um, knock on my door, um, some bloke I'd never seen before saying, today's your lucky day, you've been de-arrested. We're not pursuing any allegations against you. Never even heard that phrase, de-arrested. Um, <laughs> but but I, I imagine that was a relief, a partial gotcha. relief. But um, also, I suppose it, it could then still be hanging over you for, for the following days. Well, hang on, what if she goes back again? And, Completely. Uh, that was exactly the case. Yeah. There was a few days afterwards where I was panicking. Every time my doorbell went, mm. I would freeze and I wouldn't answer it just because I was scared of being taken away again. Yeah. And it's and it's all very well knowing that you didn't do anything in that aspect, but it's such a way thing that you can't really prove either way. I was already in a sexual relationship with her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't. You can't prove either way. Like you can't prove it was rape. You can't prove it was not rape. And in a, in a, in that mind, when you're in that mindset, you can't think in your head, "Oh, I'm going to be fine." They need they need to prove it. That's the law. That just goes out the window. Mm. Um, I'm 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 shocked. You know, I'm shocked and I'm saddened that um, you had to go through that. And it sounds like your family are pretty amazing. Um, Definitely. Uh, how are you now as a result of it? Um, I, I would consider myself I'm mostly fine. It, it's still in my head. Um, when the doorbell goes these days, I'm a lot better than I was. But even, even now, I'm like, who is that? Because it's yeah. always in your head. Um, uh, do you all the stuff? Go on, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, everything that's in the papers at the moment and on Twitter and social media about all these celebrities is really interesting because i'm lucky enough not to be a celebrity i'm lucky enough yeah. to not have my name crawled through the mud and then lose my career um the, ne- the next day after i was arrested i had to tell my boss like what had happened and again oh, yeah. all year with my boss my, and my boss has been supportive yeah. so i'm not having any issue with my boss but in my head i'm like what do you really think of me yeah yeah of but thankfully, I still have my job. I'm not a celebrity. Can I ask, what, what's happened with her? I mean, does she not risk being arrested for making a false allegation, like a malicious allegation, or is just let go? Um, well, I spoke to the police a few days later because I, I got to the point where I was panicking so much, I just wanted to call them up to yeah. find out what actually happened. Yeah. Because the information I was given, you've been to be arrested, she doesn't want to pursue anything. And I'm like, well, that doesn't... What? <laughs> what just happened? Mm. Um, and I called up and... The, the only part of where I got a bit of a snotty police officer reaction was the person who um, was involved in the case called me up to say, basically, what do you want? And I said what I wanted, like, what's going on? Um, and they said that, what did they say? They basically said that because the police had told her it would be your word against theirs, she didn't want to go ahead with yeah. the um, allegation, as it was at the time. Um and no contact from her? You said you've not contacted her. She's not written to you or texted you or phoned you or anything since then? No, nothing at all. Um, <laughs> it's been very silent, which is thankful. Which is great, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, w- I, I wouldn't mind anything. And it's the, it's the thing that's in my head, because obviously she knows people I know. And you worry that all your friends are going to disown you, because, yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, it's an incredibly rare thing to be a false allegation. So in your head you're going to think, 
your friends are going to go against you. But I'm, I don't know. I've got, I think I've got the luckiest, mm. well, the best people in the world mm. around me. I really appreciate you phoning in and sharing that tonight, mate. That was that's um, that, that's that's quite that's quite an incredible sequence of events. Thank you so much. No problem. Cheers, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Gosh, isn't it though? Isn't it? Wow, what 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 a, what an opening fifty minutes, guys. Gatford, I'll get to you next. I promise. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, Gatford. Evening, boss. How's it going? Yeah, oh, mm. yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I was just going to ring up and say Vagabond. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, Vagabond. Yeah. That's a great one. Yes, yes. Or, or so-and-so's Baby Joy. For a newspaper headline, you never hear about anybody. They oh. just say like, "Oh, I thought you were saying, hang on, you, that, that was that was close enough for it to have been a description of a homeless person, but uh, but far oh, enough so away from it for us to both to be scratching our heads." Yeah, things, things you only hear in newspapers. Yeah. I see what they don't say anymore, and they used to say it a lot, and we used to we used to say it at the end of a lot of um, eleven o'clock show films we did was uh, um, what's the phrase of um, uh, I left. I left as quickly as I could and handed my evidence into the police. Do you remember that? There was it, there was a better yeah. phrase than that. Um, uh, I made my excuses and left and handed my evidence into the police. That was it. I made, made my, my excuses, excuses and left and handed my evidence or my dossier or my file into the police. <laughs> no one yeah, says that anymore. Horrible. That's a great line. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to We're going to bring that back. We're going to make our excuses and leave and hand our dossier yeah, into five, the police. Five to one, just end on yeah. that. I think that's what we're going to do. We've not had a lock-in this week, and it's because me and Kath are absolutely knackered. Well, you, you sound like you're about to, to sort of give up the ghost and start croaking. Again. I don't know what's going on with my voice. It, I mean, I think got, you don't rely on it. I've got a little bit of a cold. My falsetto has gone, um, so I can go, don't stop me now, because I'm have. Uh, does, does it go falsetto, that song? I need a song that starts low and goes... I want to have a good No, I need a song that starts low and goes into a falsetto. Um... Tell, tell Jerry we haven't got time. We'll speak to him after uh, a little bit later on. Um, um, anyway, I got. Uh, yeah. Who are you? Can't yeah, stop it. But my voice Thank was better. My voice was worse yesterday. It's my voice. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah, it's fine. But oh, I've and got to tell you about. I stayed in a really creepy hotel last night. The Scooby Doo Hotel. My room was called Underwater Love. And then, and, and then it was, it was one of those hotels, like, in Paddington, and I tweeted it. I realised I tweeted stuff where people could find out what hotel was in, so I deleted it. But you in Macintosh from the office tweeted, oh, is it one of those hotels in Paddington? If so, don't look under the mattress. So I spent the whole night thinking, Whoa. God, what's under my mattress? Uh, don't you, like, live in London? No. I haven't lived in London for about seven Cl- years. Closest? No. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for calling, you muppet. You weird stalker. Uh, this is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio, and with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. 
Talk Radio. Uh, it's our time to change our <clears throat> next, if I can uh, manage to cough and splutter my way through it. If you want to phone up and check in with your mental health, 03444991000. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
cannot get enough of that song. Isn't it wonderful? Hollow Hand, A World Outside. We had Max in the studio um, earlier this week. If you missed it, it was out as a podcast. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it at talkradio.co.uk. Um, it, it, it's such a good song. And so, I've, I've heard tracks from the album that's going to come out next year. Uh, just incredible, man. Just incredible what he can do. Um, and I found, to neatly tie this in, when I was kind of, you know... When I am, uh, uh, not on my deep, my darkest depths, because when I'm at my darkest depths, I just have to lie there and I can't move. But, um, uh, as, as I'm, one of the tools I've picked up to, um, help with my depression is, uh, is music, is going out walking and putting my iPod on and listening to music and putting it on shuffle. And you'll be, here's the thing with the iPod shuffle. It's almost like God is playing it, isn't it? Sometimes, just sometimes, just sometimes the perfect song will come up and you'll go, Oh, who selected that for me? Um, welcome to the Time to Change Hour on Talk Radio. This is the fifth week we've done this. I think it's the last time we're doing it in this little run. But um, hopefully we'll be doing some more with, 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 these, with the Time to Change people because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And we've had so many great emails and um, tweets. And guess, guess what? Even on Periscope, apparently, people have been nice about the Time to Change Hour. Imagine! Periscope of all places! <laughs> the last bastion of the troll. Um, up until midnight, we're going to talk about mental health uh, because it's something that we should all talk about. But you know how this works, guys. You are more than welcome to phone in between now and 12 and check in and go, well, do you know what? I'm not feeling so great today and here's why. Or do you know what? I've had a really tough month, but actually I think I'm starting to come out. You, you can do that between now and 12. But I also get why um, you might not want to do it in an hour that is specifically targeted at talking about mental health and depression and anxiety and, you know, all of our weird kind of strange little things that we have that help us get through the night. And if you don't want to phone in now, that's fine. You can phone in after 12. You can phone in tomorrow. You can phone, you know, on this show, you can phone in anytime you want and talk about it because that's... That's kind of what we do here. Um, we will be discussing the highs and lows. And the, the kind of theme with this uh, time to change uh, kind of tie-in has been about having um, a friend, a mate, a partner, a, a, a colleague, a brother, a sister. You know, having someone who's on your side. And it doesn't necessarily need to be... Um, so you can phone up and constantly talk about being depressed and anxious and stuff. Because, yeah, yeah. I know when I'm depressed, I don't really want to talk about being depressed because it's just boring. You know, I feel like it's so boring. Why, why would anyone want to hear about this? So sometimes it's just nice to phone up and, and, and say, hey, do you know what? I bought um, a, a Dreamcast and I've been playing old video games. Or um, I went and saw a terrible, terrible Vince Vaughan film today. Sometimes it's nice just to do that. If you want to call uh, 0344... 499-1000 is the telephone number. It, 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 we free for most of you. Pennies uh, at most. You'll speak to Catherine and she will take your name and number and she will call you back. And if you don't want to use your real name, you haven't got to use your real name. So that, them's the rules, guys. What, 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 those are the, the very kind of slack rules that we have. We've got a couple of guests, but we will, of course, find time um, for you to talk. Let's, um, let's go to Joe first. Let's go to Joe first. Evening, Joe. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Excellent. Yeah, yeah, very good, thanks. thanks I, um, I have your biography in front of me. I know everything about you. I know, <laughs> I know how old you are. I know, <laughs> I know everything about you, man. First, first things first, and this is the most important question. How long does it take to grow a beard like that? 
Because <laughs> I've I've got um, a beard, and I've I've, I've 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 for the last couple of years, on and off, I've had a beard, and I'm sticking with the beard. But I, I, I when it gets a little bit too bushy, I go and get it trimmed. I go to the barbers, and I went today, and I got them to do a number three on it. But yours is the full on, you know, it, it's a striking looking beard. It's a powerful piece of facial hair. How long does that take? Um, it was the best part of a year. Wow! But I've not got it. I, uh, oh, shut up! I go through, I go through crises of beard confidence periodically. <laughs> I know what and you then, mean. I know exactly. You know, you're like, oh, it's just too straggly, and yeah. then trim it and immediately regret it. Have you so got, got one of those? Of, uh, I, a couple of months double now. I, have you got one of those chins that needs a beard? I don't know if you've ever seen Noel Edmonds without a beard. <laughs> it's the strangest looking thing. He's one of those people that is meant to wear a beard. Yeah, I. Um, my wife spent a long time, not nagging, but kind of repeatedly encouraging yeah. um, me to lose my beard. And then as soon as I did, uh, I walked into the bedroom and said, what have you done, you idiot? You look like an egg. Um, well, I, for those who don't, who, who I haven't got the benefit of this picture, Joe doesn't have much hair on the top of his head, um, <laughs> but he can certainly grow it at the bottom of his head, um, which is which is good. How are you feeling, man? You say, uh, you know, because it, it, we, 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 we have a kind of running gag is the wrong word on this show where, where, where people throw around that phrase oh so how are you and of course the correct response is yeah i'm fine thanks how are you and and i i'm sometimes i'm a little mean to my listeners joe if they phone in and say how are you i'll say well I, i'm glad you've asked because today i felt suicidal and um i couldn't get out of bed until four o'clock in the and i'll kind of i'll lay it all out there you know um but, but so I, i'm gonna ask it and I, and I mean it how are you today joe well, thank you very much for asking. Um, no, I'm good, actually. I, I have to um, kind of actively monitor my mental health. Um, so I look out for warning signals. If, if stuff's not great, then I have to be particular about resting, about doing more exercise, and not working too much, that kind of stuff. But uh, generally, at the moment, it's pretty good. What, no, it's interesting you mentioned the warning signals, because I've only in the last couple of years started to get them, or, or started, sorry, started to recognise... Um, what they are, and it isn't always. I go from feeling good to feeling bad. It can just. I, I, it hit. This is a strange one, right? And I don't know if you'll get this. If my driving starts getting erratic and I start taking more risks when I'm driving, I'm well enough now that I know there's something not quite right with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you got anything yeah, no, like no. that? Any of those weird little little s- things that that, that that only mean something to you? Um, yeah, there's a couple of things like that. I start to get more grouchy on the tube, so I live in central London, travel around a lot by tube. Yeah. And it's, you know, the little kind of bumps and jostles that are just part of everyday commuting. Yeah. If they start getting, I start, and nothing has ever happened, I don't think I would ever do anything, but you kind of just really getting riled by that and taking it more personally and, and almost looking for confrontation and unfairness. Yeah. So that's, so just being more grumpy. Um, that's a, that's a warning sign. And also, the, um, if I'm well, then making time for um, stuff for me and for exercise is quite straightforward. Yeah. And I've got no problem doing it. But I kind of revel in the busyness of work. And it, you almost come, become like a hamster on a wheel, thinking, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just respond to this email. Mm. I'll just do this thing because I'm pretty, pretty busy. And then I'll, oh, well, I'll, I'll go for a run a bit later then. And I'll do that. And, I'll, and by the time you've kind of prioritised your day, it's 7 o'clock at night. You're still in the office, and you've not you've not been out for a run. You've yeah. not you've not found time for a proper lunch break. You've, it's, it's it's that kind of um, freneticness um, and needing to be busy. That's that's a warning thing. I, this, I, I really um, um, I'm going away next week. I'm taking the week off to do some writing, 
and I'm I'm really toying with the idea of of, of uh, maybe not. I'm going to say it, and I can't even say it out loud. Maybe not even taking my mobile phone. I don't know because this whole thing, John, and, and I know you kind of you, you, we'll talk about your work in a bit, but that whole thing of you are always contactable whether it's email it's text i'm constantly checking twitter you know twitter for me is like is like a crack addiction in that i'm constantly looking for that that validation from strangers you know that give me a little endorphin rush it, 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 the whole world is on your telephone in your pocket and i think i really do i don't know if any studies have been done into this but i really think the, the 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 power of the mobile phone and the fact that you know work can reach us at any point in the day i think that's really detrimental to um well to mental health but just our general kind of well-being mm. yeah the 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 winking red light of my work blackberry back in the dark ages yeah. you know, when when people are blackberries um that was you know so compelling as mm. soon as that light started winking i had to go and check it and yeah as you say the Twitter and Facebook, you know, when you when you share content, you think, oh, that's that's a real winner. People will like that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'll just see if anybody. Oh no, but I, I posted it a couple of minutes ago. I'll yeah. check it again in a minute. Yeah, and it's but you know, they're designed to be addictive. I found myself, you know, with my kids in the park. My two wonderful little boys who are, are everything, and I, instead of watching them playing because they ain't going to be seven and five for much longer, I'm looking at my phone and I'm really trying to make an effort of when I go out for dinner with friends, when I go out to the park with the kids, of at the very least leaving my phone in the glove compartment and just mm. enjoying. You know, th- there's th- there's something so pure about watching a seven and a five year old boy playing in a park. There's something so wonderful about sitting down, having a meal with a friend, and you know. And if the conversation dries up, that's brilliant. The conversation dries up. Sit there awkwardly in silence instead of fishing out your phone to have a look around. And I think that 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 we we're losing. Um, maybe I'm going off on one here, I don't know. But we're kind of losing the small things that are important, that are really important. You know, ki- kids playing and meals with friends, they're important. This job ain't important. What you do, that's not really important in the great scheme mm. of things. Yeah, no, no, I would agree with that, especially when half the people you're your Facebook friends with, you know, on average you've got, what, 300, 400 Facebook friends, and most of them are people you've not seen since junior school, you don't yeah. really care about anyway. You know, rather than people you prioritise to have a dinner with, but... Um, Joe, tell us if you and if I ask anything that's inappropriate, just say you don't want to answer it, and we'll move on, and it's fine because you know. And we, I, I feel I know you, having read this one and a half pages document on you. When did you you, you, you work in quite a stressful job? When did you first get ill? When did you first realise that there was something not quite right? Um, yes, it was autumn uh, two thousand nine, and I was work was kind of increasingly stressful. Um, and now working the charity sector is absolutely fantastic i can't recommend it uh, to your listeners enough uh, but at the time i was in financial services yeah fairly combative um fairly direct kind of culture and if you had stress you just sucked it up you were reasonably well paid you just got on with it yeah um, that was part you know, of the gig was, yeah, yeah 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 absolutely everybody knew what you signed up for um and that was that um and i kind of became more and more stressed um it got to the point where I was kind of a bit tearful at work. I was increasing that to go to the toilets to cry once and then twice a day. Um, and then it kind of came to a head one morning when I got uh, ready to go into work. I started to cry and just couldn't stop. Mm. Um, so I kind of managed to make it 
a little bit. I, yeah, I kind of got 10 minutes out of the door. It's still just absolutely sobbing uncontrollably. Um, managed to phone my missus. She came and got me, so look, clearly you can't go to work. Uh, I think I texted in sick. Um, took a long weekend. Thought I was on the road to recover. You know, just needed a, yeah. an extra couple of days off. Um, and then the same thing happened the week after. Um, yeah, and that was the start of uh, probably six to eight months of being really quite unwell. Suicidal thoughts every day. Um, and yeah, probably 12 to 18 months to recover properly. Um, God, there's so many questions and there's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, I think it's really interesting you say suicidal thoughts because I've had suicidal thoughts. And when you say, when I, when I say I've had suicidal thoughts, you know, you can kind of feel the air being sucked out of the room. You know, you can feel people taking a step back. Now, what I, what I mean by when I say I've had suicidal thoughts, it's not I've been sat there with the pills or I've been in the bath with the razor blades or, you, you know, it's not it, it, it's not got there. But I have just thought quite calmly and quite coldly and quite logically that my family and my work and my it, the world would be a better place without me. If I were dead, the world would be a better place. I'd be better because I wouldn't be in this eternal, heavy, black blanket of misery that's weighing me down. Um, and here are one or two or three ways that I could possibly go around um, doing it. And, and I, th- I, th- I think it's really good that you're saying, not so good that you had it, but good that you're saying you had suicidal thoughts because... A, depression is a huge killer of men. We all know that. You know, that stat gets bandied around and it's it's horrific. Um, but I don't think an, uh, enough people say, yeah, I've, I've had suicidal thoughts. I've, I've, I've wanted to be dead. You know, but my default setting, if something went wrong, big or small, I would say out loud, oh, God, I wish I was dead. And, you know, and I meant it, you know, it, it, and it's, mm. um, it, it, it's, it's, it's proper nuts. Yeah, but I think we need to move it. I mean, I, I uh, don't have those thoughts anymore. Mm. I recognise that they were, you know, a symptom of illness. Yep. Um, but at the time, yeah, you, I wasn't able to rationalise. Yeah. Exactly as you said, I thought the world would be better if I wasn't in it anymore. Um, but it's, I think it's essential that we move as a society. Um, and this is particularly for blokes. I think we're particularly poor at it. We're not very good at going to the doctor. We're mm. more likely to kill ourselves when we do become mentally ill. Yeah. Um you know, it's just being able to say to people, this is what I feel like, and for people to empathise and say, ah, oh, shit, I don't know what that's like, but yeah. I'm sorry you feel like that. Is there anything I can do? You mm. know, do you want to go out for a pint? Do you want a cup of tea? And normalising it, I was really looking. I had um, my wife, then girlfriend, um, was hugely supportive. I was able to be, we had a friend who'd gone through something similar. Yeah. We found it hard to talk about. Um, and I think because we kind of experienced it secondhand, it was easy for me to be open. So I was very open about my symptoms and how I was feeling, so all of my mates knew. Um, and as you say, it wasn't anything that we spoke about day in, day out, because mm. it's actually quite boring. What do you going to say? It, and it just, it really is. Uh, yeah, t- today I felt shit again, <laughs> and I wanted to end it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a kind of a conversation closer, isn't it, really? Yeah, but it, it's... You know, for me, the way we talk about um, mental health and physical health, and again, this is for blokes in particular, I think, is so different. If you say to a um, to a male friend, you know, playing football, and I've um, I went over had a bad tackle, and I've done my uh, cruciate ligament, 
nobody will know really what that means. Yeah. But they'll say, oh, no, what, what, what's that? Oh, well, I mean, I'm in a, a plaster for so long and crutches for so long. Oh, so how long's that gone for then? And when are you going to be walking again? And when yeah. are you playing football again? I will quite happily, you know, we don't know anything about ACL tears or repairs or surgery, but we'll quite happily talk about it yeah. and engage with somebody at that level. And that's, for me, is the big difference where we, in attitudes to physical health and mental health, which is just weird. Yeah. You know. It is. I don't want to dwell too much on the war stories, because, you know, we, <laughs> I, 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 do, I do like a good war story. But, you know, the point of this is to, to inspire, <laughs> inspire hope and mm. courage in people who may be going through this. Um, uh, your, your, um, how did it start? Was there a point... Well, what did you do to get well? There we go. That's the, that's the short version of it. What did you do to get well? How did how did you make a difference? Um, it was probably a combination of three things, I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's exercise. Uh, so for me, that worked because it was getting out of the house and it was kind of a structure. Um, you know, it was kind of safe space, to a safe conversation. And there was, um, you know, I knew what we were going to be talking about. And mm. it, I didn't need to be too... Socially, it was, uh, I became kind of quite awkward. So that was, you know, it was just a safe space I could operate in. So that was, um, yeah. made a big difference for me. And also kind of running around and being physically active is hugely helpful for me. Uh, I took medication. Yep. I was on antidepressants for probably a year or so. Uh, and I had counselling. Okay. And I think it's the combination of the three things. Without one of them, I think I would have struggled. Yeah, yeah, and and you, you know, it's, uh, I should say that this is what worked for you, Joe, and I've shared with what what what's worked for me, and and some of this might work for you, all of it might work for you, dear listener. None of it might work for you. You've kind of got to really look around and 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 try and get the combination of things um, that work for you. Um, how did your wife cope? Because we, I, I think that. Um, you're right. When someone's got a broken leg, you know that they're going to be in a cast for six months, and you know, you know, you 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 got a time frame. You know what's going. To, you know when it starts and when it, roughly when it's going to end, and you know. Um, but but when it's something like this, it, the end point is indeterminate. You don't know when that is, and I always think it's such a strain on the partners of the people that um, suffer from depression because they are seeing the person that they love the most in the world miserable battered you know absolutely battered and it's quite often you know people would say to me what can i do to help i don't know i just don't know how did your wife cope and 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 how did you communicate with her what you what you needed from her um that's a really good question yeah it's a tough one isn't it communicating bit i mean I, i wasn't great at it when i was at my lowest yeah um but I think it was just, a lot of it was just persistence, you know, and hanging in there and just repeatedly saying, is there anything I can do? Yeah. And just kind of muddling through, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there are kind of golden rules. No. Around kind of partnership support. Though I, would, I would say that um, there's loads of great resources on uh, the Mind website in particular. has got loads of information for... Uh, friends, family members, partners. Yeah, uh, that could probably make a better job of, of giving guidance than yeah. I'm, uh, than I'm No, I, exactly. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not looking for the answers from you. I was just kind of c- curious to get your your take on on how it went with you because it is it is tough. Because sometimes I want to be on my own. Sometimes I want someone to sit there. Sometimes I wouldn't mind a hug. Sometimes I'd like to watch my favourite TV program. Someone. Sometimes I want you to piss off. You know, it is. Mm. It's 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 tough on that. <sighs> 
on that person <laughs> that you're living with, isn't it? Yeah, and often there's not a right answer. No. You know, I'm going to be sad. You can try this. Oh, no, that's maybe worse. Try that. Oh, that's maybe worse as well. You know, and it's, there's, yeah, it is, it is hard. And I didn't realise actually how hard it was for her until I started to get better and yeah. started to get a bit more perspective. And we were able to chat honestly about it. And she said how worried she'd been about me and, and how that made her feel. And, yeah, yeah, it was a tough time for for both of us. Well, yeah, no, it is. And I think that's the same with any illness. We, the, the patient never realises just quite how stressful and upsetting it can be, you know, for those those um, around. Um, when did you get married? Uh, four years ago. And um, I, was, I nearly said, it's going okay. What oh, a terrible thing to say. Sorry, I don't... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if it's not, now, now's not no, the right... No, now is not the time to, uh, to have that conversation. <laughs> I don't know where that question came from. Ignore that one, Joe. Ignore it. Um, it you, it's going beautifully. Perhaps. Good, I'm glad to hear it. That's that's a relief. <laughs> good, I mean, we're all right. Um, you quit your job as well. And because and, and quite often, I'm, I'm really lucky that I've got the best job in the world. And I love this job. And I hope I do this forever and ever and ever. Um, but... Um, I have had jobs that I've hated, and people often find themselves in um, uh, in jobs that are not good for their mental health, that are making them miserable. That must have been a, a big thing, though, for you to say, I'm stopping doing this, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I kind of became aware that um, work didn't align with my personal values. Um, so I worked in wealth management, so a lot of it was kind of... Um, offshore bank accounts and yacht finance and, uh, you know, stuff for people who've got shed loads of money um, and helping them avoid taxes. Wow. And and it was stressful work. It wasn't particularly pleasant work. You know, I wasn't working down a pit. It wasn't yeah. particularly dangerous or anything, but it, it, it wasn't particularly enjoyable, and I realised it was making me unhappy and I think contributed to me being unwell. So actually, when I got to the point um, where it became so obvious that it was part of the problem, um, the decision to leave was quite straightforward. That's quite... I, I love the matter-of-fact way you say that. And, and um, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Did you... As soon as you made that decision, did you start... Did you feel a lift? Uh, you know, that weight kind of moving from your shoulders a bit? We've lost Joe. Yeah. Oh, he's still there. I thought, um, I, thought, I thought we'd lost you. Gone. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Gone. That was my, that was my pause. For the oh, no, I like that. It was dramatic, and I ruined it. I apologise. Yeah, I was building the tension. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it, it, there were... So, obviously, moving from banking to the charity sector, um, I've taken something of a, a cut in income. So there was some stress around the transition. Yeah. You know, can we... My wife's an actor, so can we afford to live? What do we have to... You know, does it work being in London? Do we have to sell the flat and move somewhere smaller or, you know? So there are lots of kind of logistical issues and stresses, but, yeah, in the end, it was it was all fine. Um, Joe, it's really nice to talk to you, man. I really appreciate you sharing your story. I know a lot of my listeners will have identified with it. I can see on Twitter that they've identified with it. Um, and also, I, th- I think it's important that we talk about this. Not only will people go, oh, man, that, that, that kind of is how I'm feeling. But, you know, it mm. might be someone's boyfriend or, or husband or wife or son or, you know, mum goes, well, that, that, I can, I can understand a little bit better how that, you know, grumpy bear that I'm sharing a house with at the moment, I, I kind of get a little bit of a better understanding um, about where they're coming from. And I think that's important as well. Um, Joe, listen, um, grow that beard back, man. I think, I think you need it. <laughs> I think you need it. Yeah, winter 
it's coming on, right? <laughs> exactly, you need it to keep warm. Joe, I really appreciate your time tonight, mate. Thank you very much. No, no, pleasure. Nice talking Cheers, to you. Cheers, Joe. What a nice bloke. There we go, I enjoyed that. Thank you, Joe. Um, we'll speak to Brian in a minute from, um who's kind of all connected with all of this and is, 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 is part of uh, Time to Change. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Time to Change Hour on Talk Radio. Search Time to Change. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. I apologise, dear listener, I'm now sucking a cough sweet. Otherwise I'll have a coughing fit. They're coming from nowhere. I can feel them coming. I just start, for literally about three or four minutes, this horrendous cough. You, you saw one earlier on, didn't you, Kath? Couldn't stop coughing. So I've got a cough sweet, so I apologise. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed that chat with Joe. He seemed like a nice bloke. We're going to speak now to Brian Dow uh, from Time to Change. Now, Brian, good evening, Brian. Good evening. It says here, you are Director of External Affairs at Rethink Mental Illness. What the hell does that mean, man? Well, it means I do lots of affairs. Well, right. Um, and they're, they're mostly external. No, it, it means I have the pleasure and the privilege of, of being responsible for Time to Change. As you probably know, and your listeners know, Time to Change is a national campaign which is run by Rethink Mental Illness and Mind. Yeah. And, I, and I'm lucky enough to, to take care of that Rethink Mental Illness. So How that, did well, you... That's what you be directed Good. Thank happens. you, thank you, thank you. And I'm glad you... I'm glad we... You know, I've, I have thoroughly enjoyed the last um, five weeks, I think it is, that we've, we've been doing this. And we've, we've had some great calls about it and we've had some fantastic guests... Um, and a lot of good feedback. How, can I ask, how did you, because I, 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 I've got your CV as well, I know everything about all of you. Really? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, you work for the BBC as well, never mind. Um, how did you get involved in all this? What, 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 what kind of drew you towards um, uh, working in this field? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm like the one in four that you've talked about a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, you know, I have, um, I have brothers and... Um, there's quite a there's num- number of my brothers have mental ill health, and so I've always kind of it's, it's been something that's really always interested me. Like, you know, it's lovely to think that you could kind of turn up at work and your day's labour could make a difference, not just to mm. you know people that you never meet, but people that you actually are intimate and close with. So mm. that, that's what drew me to the cause, and you know, I hope that it's the thing that makes me get out of bed in the morning. It's the thing that makes me feel really proud to do what I do. We're getting better at, at talking about it, aren't we? I, 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 I remember years ago when I was a kid, no one would say the word cancer. It was always, they would always either say the big C or they would just go, mouth, oh, he's got cancer. No one would say it. And then kind of in the late 80s, the 90s, we, 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 we you know, were able to talk freely about cancer and it saved lives and it still saves lives because, you know, we're all encouraged to check ourselves. And it really feels like, in, certainly, certainly in this century, we, the last fifteen years or so, um, we've got better at talking about mentally. I'm really sorry. I'm sucking on a cough sweat. I, just, I don't want to cough, Brian. Sorry. Good. There you go. Um, we, we've got better, haven't we, um, in in talking about. Uh, mental illness and talking about the fact that, that that suicide kills you know a hideous amount of men and talking about um, depression and anxiety. I know there's a long way to go, but th- th- but we are improving, aren't we? Yeah, we are, and I think that's exactly the right comparison, actually, Ian. Because you know, if people don't talk about 
what they're experiencing. Mm. And obviously, you know, if you, if you have cancer, then you are at very, very, very serious risk, aren't you? You know, it's, that cancer can be a fatal um, disease, sadly. Um, and if you don't talk about it, then friends don't encourage you to go and see your doctor and you don't get diagnosed and you don't get the treatment on time. Yep. And, you know, life life can turn out to be a lot shorter than it would otherwise. And in, in a way, I guess it's exactly the same parallel that being able to talk about, you know, as, as Joe did and, and you've done over the last five weeks and in fact, you know, over the last few years, mm. brilliantly, um, just breaks down the taboo and makes people think, well, actually, this is normal. It is okay to talk about this. It is okay to say, look, I need some help. And what's been really brilliant, actually, if I, if I can say this, is, you know, the way that you've talked about this and the way that Joe's talked about this and the way that so many more men mm. are beginning to talk about it is really the kind of change that I think we all want to see. Because, frankly, let's face it, men are not particularly good at talking about their health, physical or mental, and if they don't talk about their physical health and if they don't talk about their mental health, then actually, as you say, the prospects are far worse in life. So th- this is what's so inspiring about this programme, actually. Now, the the theme uh, for the last few weeks has been about having a friend or a mate or someone, you know, a mate in your corner has been the line. Um, why have you focused on that? Why is time to change focused on that? And why do you think that that is so important? Well, you, you probably wouldn't believe the amount of research that went into to get into that point, but... I mean, in short, right, if you think, if you think about it in really simplistic terms, w- what does a bloke's response tend to be when a friend tells them there's something wrong? They want to step in, don't they? They want to help them. They want to say, let me sort this. Let me, let me try and be there for you. And, and blokes are kind of good at doing that. They're not particularly good about talking in depth about feelings, but they'll, they'll be there. They'll, they'll, they'll want to be at the end of a phone or pop round or they'll lend some money, whatever the kind of particular problem happens to be. And yeah. that kind of notion of brotherhood being there when you needed most is kind of what's what's kind of driven us to, to run the campaign the way we do and, and i think that's getting through because i think that's what men tend to do they might not want to have kind of long tortured conversations as you were saying oh, i feel like this or i feel like that mm. but it's what can i do can, what's a practical thing that I can do to make you feel better today i might not be able to solve the problem and i'm certainly not going to be able to make it go away but just kind of being there to help you on that particular day is is that kind of bluffish response and that's why we're doing it like that. And it can be a small thing, you know, it doesn't have to be, we're going to sit down for six hours and we're going to discuss your relationship with your parents and, and, you know, it it can be like, listen, um, I've got half an hour free this afternoon, do you fancy a quick game of FIFA on the Xbox or, you know, why don't I meet you in, in town, we'll have a quick lunch, I've got to go, you know, even if it's a short a short break from the noise in your head, you know, it, 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 it can just make such a big difference, can't it? Well, uh, exactly. And the thing is, you're not going to solve the problem, are no, you? No, Because if somebody's got a kind of long-term mental health problem, it's not going to go away with a five-minute conversation or indeed that game of FIFA. But, but being there when you're needed, mm. stepping in, being that kind of friend, makes a difference at the time. And anybody who's had any kind of mental health problem will tell you that's the thing that made a difference. Um... If people want to, we've been saying, you know, go online and type in Time to Change to find out more. Um, what what have you got online? What are the resources online that, that people can, can go and find and have a look at? Well, there, there, there's everything I think you probably need um, from descriptions of what what kind of different mental health problems there are. I mean, you know, we sometimes talk about it quite generically, don't we? But, yeah. you know, if you had depression, it's quite different from schizophrenia or psychosis, for example. Um, some tips and tools on how how to talk to people, because um, often that's the thing that kind of scares people. You, you know, you were saying that earlier on. 
you say to somebody, look, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a bit suicidal. It's like you've kind of mm. announced you've got a E. coli, you know, it's a yeah. particularly infectious disease and yeah. people kind of vote for the exit. Actually, that's generally because people are worried about making it worse and saying the wrong thing. So some tips on, you know, how to approach that kind of conversation to kind of build a bit of confidence. So really all the kind of support that somebody might need to step in to be that friend at the time of need. And it's interesting what Joe said. He found the three things that work for him. And I know a lot of people, um, um, they've tried medication and it didn't work for them or they've tried, you know, it really is. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I go to the doctors all the time and I'm, I'm telling them everything and dropping my trousers at, you know, the, 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 the merest, the, the, the merest cough. Um, so, but, but, uh, but, but, um, some things will work better for some people and some things won't work for others. And it really is finding that, um, is, is that word holistic approach that works for you, whether it is medication, whether it is therapy. You know, I was lucky enough that when I was seeing a therapist, I could afford to go and pay a bloke and I could afford to go and pay, pay a really good bloke. And, you yeah. know, maybe the therapist you're seeing isn't actually the right therapist for you. Maybe the medication that your GP is giving you that might not be the right medic. It, it, it can take a while, can't it? Is what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. It can take a while to find the tools that work specifically for you and in making you feel better. Yeah, I th- that's exactly right. And, and sometimes, that, in a way, that's what's so frustrating about the wrong kind of help when somebody just says, "Oh, just do this, or it will get better." Yeah. Um, because, as you say, there's a lot of trial and error of finding out what might work. I mean, I do think there's. You know, a, a couple of things that tend fairly consistently yeah. to, to help people. But there's definitely something around a routine, mm. you know, making sure that you're doing certain things just almost to get the engine started in the morning. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of evidence about physical exercise, actually, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to kind of try and race Usain Bolt down the road. Um, it can just be literally getting around, getting up, walking downstairs, Picking the paper up. Do people pick the paper up anymore? I don't, I don't know if they do. That oh, feels a very old-fashioned yeah. thing. Yeah, like they might they might pick papers up blowing around the street. Yeah, but that's it. <laughs> but, they, but yeah, even just that even just happen. going downstairs, doing and, and going back up the stairs, that that can kind of you say kickstart the engine a bit. Yeah, I mean, and so, somebody told me once um, about kind of really great technique that um, you, you come in from work after really stressful day and listening to Joe talking about being in the kind of industry that he was in and the kind of wear and tear that kind of imposed on him and you know what's the temptation after doing like that you come in you have a few bottles of beer tempting um, pleasurable does it help mm, no. and what he started to do was kind of putting his trainers next to the door Yeah, and it was just a little okay well I'll put them on then and I'll go for a little run just little techniques to almost trick your brain into doing some of the better habits mm. rather than the kind of poor habits that might actually exacerbate the problem. Um, Brian, listen, I'm going to let you go because we've got a couple of calls lined up, people that want to um, kind of share their experiences. Um, I really, you know, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the last few weeks and I hope that you guys felt that you've got kind of some stuff out of it. And um, I think we've had some really interesting stories, some really good conversations about it. And, um, you know, the thing as well about talking about it now is it, it might just plant a seed in someone's head, you know, that, that perhaps isn't ready to, to get better yet or isn't ready to get out of that bed yet, you know, or, or address their issues. But some point down the line, they might just remember what you just said or they might remember what Joe said um, and, and feel inspired to start 
making a, you know, to say making a change is not quite what I mean, but, you know, just start, to start addressing the situation that they find themselves in. Well, well, do you know what? And they'll also remember what you've said, Ian, because you've been fantastic over these last few weeks talking as honestly as you have done. So, you know, big thanks to Talk Radio for, for doing this and kind of make, bringing it into the nation's living room mm. in the way that you have. It's our absolute pre- uh, pleasure. Brian, thank you so much, mate. Take care. Take care. Thank you very much indeed, Brian Dow. From time to change. 0344 499 Tim, stay there. We're going to come to you in a second. This is the late night alternative. My voice is just about holding up. With me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio, with Time to Change. Time to Change Hour on Talk Radio. Search Time to Change. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 03444991000. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio and with Time to Change. It's the Time to Change hour. Um, after midnight, you can still call in about this stuff, but then we'll also carry on with... with um, what is being Actually, it's quite, quite a heavy show today, isn't it? Light and shade, light and shade, dear listener. Let's go to Tim. Hello, Tim. That's you, Tim. Hi. Hey, man, how are you doing? You're right. Um, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm based in Shanghai, in China. Oh yeah. Um, and basically, <clears throat> the message that I would like to basically convey is that um, you know when you're talking about depression, anxiety. Um, it, it really, for me, um, medication sometimes works, um, not all the time, but I think the most important thing in, in life is balance. Yeah. Um, something that something that I've never been able to um, achieve. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, when I was about 10 years old. And um, when I went to university, I didn't enjoy it because I was always thinking about the next step, how I was going to achieve my goal, Yeah. Um, how I was going to get to where I wanted to go, okay? Yeah. Um, so you couldn't enjoy the um, moment? Then my... No, I didn't. No, not at all. Yeah. I, was, I was always putting myself under pressure about, you know, okay, everybody, everybody's having fun at university, but, you know, what, what, what happens after that? You yeah. know, well, where, where does this degree get me? So, you know, I, I, I never enjoyed my time there, so I was very determined to... Um, I had a very specific niche and in terms of what I wanted to do work-wise, which um, I decided was in China. Um, and after I graduated, I, I immediately went over to China um, to find a path to achieve that specific goal. Yeah. Um, it took me about eight years to, to actually achieve that specific goal. Um, and then when I had that... Um, particular job which was very specific role yeah um i, I don't want to say what it was no, no of course um, not but, but I'm, ge- I'm guessing it didn't make you happy no it made, it made me it made me high you know? oh okay you know once i once i arrived there i mean you know and i was doing that role for five years it, I, I was on you know in seventh heaven yeah it was, it was it was amazing, you know, um, and it was, I thought it was the best time of my life. Yeah. And um, I thought it was making my mum proud. Um, I thought it was making my dad proud, although he, he died just before I went to university. Um, and, you know, I felt great. And 
through that process, I kept myself completely disconnected from any commitment at all. So uh, I went through various relationships, you know, not wanting to get married, not wanting to have children. Basically, everything was based on, you know, what I wanted to achieve in my career. So yeah. I, if I see someone who's created balance in their life, um, I absolutely, you know, um, admire them. I think that they are the people that have been more successful than me in life because once I achieved my goal, um, I planned to come back to England, but then I got another opportunity in China and I took that because it was very appealing. So that took another five, six years um, of my time in China. And at the end of everything, I experienced a huge crash. Okay? And yeah. that crash was realizing that realizing that I had I had nothing, you know? I had nothing. No family, no connection with my extended family. Yeah. I've been out in China for, you know, 20 years. Um, and basically, you know, was it worth it? And the answer is no. And oh, I man. just, you know, I think that, you know, balance is so important in life. So uh, what are you doing to achieve that balance in, now then? Well, I, at the moment, I'm, I'm coming to the end of my career in China and I'm, I'm at, that's just is is another challenge for me because I've been out in China for um, about twenty four years now. Yeah, um, and you know, you know, at the, at the end of it, all, I mean, I've I brought my mother out to China so maybe forty five times. You know, so she's seen a lot of things in China and, and she's experienced things that she never thought that she would experience. And I think that I've made her proud. I think yeah. I've made my dad proud, but it's not been good for me. No. Because I've been on my own and I've been disconnected. Uh, and I've just been totally driven by my career. So, you know, I'm not married. I'm 40, 44. Um, and, you know, I have no children, no no marriage. Um, and I, it wasn't worth it. So I, my advice to people, and it's caused me to have, caused me to have um, acute anxiety. I've been on so many medications. I've been back to the UK into rehab, um, you know, for, for, for two weeks and then back out to China. And it, it's kind of like, it, it hasn't really worked. What I know will work was, you know, achieving balance in your life. Well, listen, Matt, sure you, listen, you Matt, I've right. got, we're going to go to a break in a minute. So we've got about two minutes left. But, but so, um, it, you don't you don't write yourself. It sounds like you're writing yourself off, and that things are too late for you to turn around. No, no, absolutely not. Okay, good, um, good, good. I, I don't think that way. I, good. I okay, I misunderstood then. I, I, I believe. No, I, I, now I'm forty-five. I, I do regret a lot of things because yeah. um, you know a lot of, a lot of relationships that have come and gone, and 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 being away from my family for so long, I, I do regret a lot of that. But I do realise that at this age, forty-five. Four, sorry, um, that I have, you know, another, you know, big part of my life where I yeah. can, you know, achieve that balance. But but I, but I do look at people who, who even in their twenties, you know, or, or their teens, if they establish balance in their life, I, I think that, that that can really achieve a lot and really avoid, you know, um, mental mental you know illness yeah. and, and anxiety and depression. You know? Tim, listen, man, I, I I appreciate you sharing that with us, and I and I um I hope you find that balance, brother. 
Well, that's what I have to do next. So nice um, one, man. Good luck. I, 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 you know, it took me to do that. Yeah. Good luck, fella. Take care, man. We'll speak again. Okay. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. It's like delay. I like a delay on a phone line. It makes it feel a bit more. It makes it feel exciting, doesn't it? Steve, stay there. You're going to be the first call after the news. I absolutely 100% pinky promise it to you. I pinky promise it to you. This is. I always need a bit of paper. I don't know what this is. Oh, yes, I do. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio, with time to change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Go online, search Time to Change to find out more. Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Skype Late Night Alternative. I'll turn the Skype on just after the news at midnight. My name is Ian Lee. You're listening to the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio, you buggers. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building Spent much time in school, but I told ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuff. Makes Eastwood look so fine. Look at that. That's what I call timing. That's what I call timing, guys. Just back from the Jimmy Riddle there. With perfect timing. Um, this is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year having a mate in your corner. Can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Good evening, Steve. Yeah, Ian, how you doing, I'm croaky as hell, man, but I'm fighting fit, sir. What have you got for us? Um, just calling in on the depression stuff and also the sexual activation stuff, mate. The sexual activation stuff. Let's, accusation. Let's, accusation. Sorry, I thought that sounded slightly wrong. Start off with the depression stuff. Go on, what's going on with you? Um, mate, I've been depressed on and off. Since 1993, I think. I was first diagnosed suicidal in 1993. Um, Been taking antidepressants on and off since then. Yeah. Um, Medication has changed over the years. I'm now taking the same stuff that you're taking. Yeah. Um, 
I did actually bang on a load of weight when I first started taking it, oh, but I've managed to shift that. Oh, have you? How did you manage to shift it? Believe it or not, mate, by um, following a diabetic diet. Oh, really? was brought up by a guy called um, Banting. Uh, now, I've heard this name. Yeah, he's um, he's quite revolutionary in, in dealing with diabetes and um, uh, w- w- treating it with the way you eat and exercise. Yeah, literally, mate. It's just about cutting out all carbohydrates yeah. and getting most of your fuel from protein. But hang on, fat. carbohydrates are like bread and pasta, yeah? Oh, man, yeah, I love bread. bread. I love bread mate, and pasta. So I do I. It. I love it. I, I was addicted to bread, pasta, potatoes, crisps. You know, just imagine um, a, a, a pasta and crisp sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. goodness. Yeah, my, my big one was cheese on toast. Oh, you day, dirty <laughs> boy, dirty, dirty boy. But um, yeah, <laughs> I've cut, I eat about thirty grams of carbs a day now, yeah. mate. I exercise. Yeah. Um, I've managed to drop 18 kilos Flippin in five heck. months. Flipping it. Here's my thinking around this, Steve, right? Christmas is coming up, so there's no point in me trying to lose weight now, right? Because no, I, I, do I, it after Christmas. So right? I'm going to do it after Christmas. And, I'm, and it's not that one, you know, it's not there'll be something else after that. There won't be. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know... I'm not going to go nuts at Christmas, but I'm going to enjoy Christmas because th- that's what we do. And then, and after Christmas, I'm going to speak to my doctor about changing my meds, and I'm going to start really, really looking at trying to lose some weight and really working on it uh, uh, significantly more than I have been recently. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's easy enough to do once you set your mind to it, mate. But you do have to put your mind to it. Nice one, Steve. Well, I'm going to look. You've, you've inspired me. Um, but how are you doing now, though? You're, uh, you know, where are you now? I'm, I'm actually okay at the moment. I say I'm surviving, mate. Yeah. I say I'm surviving. Um, I'm still taking quite a high dose. I'm still taking um, 60 milligrams a day, mate. Whoa. Which is knock an elephant out of bedtime. Yeah, dose. that really. I'm, I'm on 45. I've gone up to 45, and that is, uh, you know, if I, I can't, if I'm awake an hour after that, something's gone wrong somewhere. That really that yeah. does uh, send you. Do you get the dreams though? The anxiety dreams. I've only had one dream. Right. Oh, real well. Gosh. I wasn't even before I started taking it. I wasn't a big dreamer anyway. I, yeah. I could barely ever remember dreams, and yeah. I've literally had the one dream since I've been taking it, and it was bizarre, mate. It was beyond bizarre. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, it wasn't really anxiety, it was just totally bizarre. Oh, man. It, it, it takes me to very dark places, I'll tell you that. Right, okay. No, I've been fortunate in that sense. My main problem was I packed on a load of weight. Yeah. Um, but, no, I... Couple of reasons I called tonight. I've yeah. been listening forever, mate. Um, well done. From when talk radio was doing test broadcasts. Hey, look at you! You're um, a hardcore geek. We like you. You're my kind of people, Steve. <laughs> this is the first time I've actually called. I know on any of the shows, and I do listen pretty much all day oh, long in the car. Good for you. Good uh, for you. That's brilliant. I'm really pleased. Thank you. Um, but as far as the sexual accusation stuff goes, yeah. mate, I was a, I was abused when I was a kid between the ages of eleven and thirteen. Yeah. Kept it to myself until the year 2000 when someone basically, um, very, very good friend of mine, 
basically put it to me that I've been abused by this person. Wow. Gosh, that's a strange confrontation. Uh, yeah, she really did care about me, though, okay. mate. She okay. really did care about Good. me. Um, turns out that the person in question had abused myself and all three of my brothers. So, like, once I punched him in the head and, like, told him to do one... Yeah. Um, he went on to one of my brothers no, and then no. went on to the other two. Nice guy. He also, um, basically, like, it wasn't until 2000 that I actually got, got the guts up and went to the police. And because of all the names that I gave to the police, yeah. they investigated it for, like, probably six weeks, and they came back to me and they said, like, nobody's willing to go with you. Yeah. One of your, bro- one of your brothers is willing to go with you. No one's going to go with you. You're going to get cross-examined. They're going to walk all over you, like, you might as well drop it, mate. And wow. I said, well, is that your recommendation? And they said, yeah. Wow. Well, hang on, wait for it, mate. Here we it go. gets better than mm. that. Oh, here we go. Uh, it gets better than that. God bless the Met. God bless the Met, mate. Yeah. 2011, yeah. out of the blue, I get a contact from a, an officer in, like, investing a case involving, guess who? This fella. <laughs> this fella. Turns out, by the time it got the call, there was 26 that were willing to go to call. Wow, flipping heck. 26. Incredible. Problem is, mate, it goes on my conscience. Yeah. Still, to this day... That you went on, on your brothers. What if I'd done something when I was 30? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. I can yeah. understand that. And you know that that, you know that that is nonsense, you thinking, thinking oh, that. Oh, yeah. You, you know, logically, you know that, but yet you're still going to carry around that guilt that, you you yeah. know, it's your fault that these other kids got, got, got raped. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Oh, man, the I good like news it. is the nonce is sitting in Belmarsh with, in I think he's got, what are we now? We're five years on for the case, so he's got another 23 before he even gets parole. Well done. Well done. Now, listen, as someone, um, uh, th- you know, the, the person that was doing stuff around, you know, when I was a kid, he died. His son went to prison later on, but the, the fella died. So I've never had right. that feeling of, of, you know, knowing that they've got locked up or something. How, do, Mate, d- d- how does it feel? Standing there, looking at him in court, giving, in, giving evidence in Crown. Right, so it's a yellow card. It's a, ye- it's a yellow card, guys. Don't worry. It was, it was, uh, we, Sorry, we're mate. I said, yeah, That's I right. want to look this guy in the eye as wow. I give evidence. That's incredibly brave. And I'll tell you what, mate. I stood in the witness box and I looked at the guy and I gave my evidence. Hardest thing I've ever done, mate, standing up in court telling people you've been abused by someone, mate. Hardest thing I've ever done. But I tell you what, mate, I had my day in court. My three brothers had their day in court. Oh, brilliant. One of their kids who got abused by him had their day in court. Out of all the kids that were abused, there was only one girl that went to court. Because this guy weren't fussy, he did both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, Steve. Mate, out of all the kids that went to court, the girl got the hardest time. Mm. 
Really? What, from his yep. defence? From his defence, the girl got the hardest time. Wow. Which was, as far as I'm concerned, mate, that was bang out of order. Well, yeah, yeah. But, um, you got him. You got him. Yeah, mate. You got him. banged up, he's on his own special little non-swing, he's got his own number, and he's like, happy as a fanboy for the next 23 years. Um... I, I, I'm going to say well done. I don't know if well done is the right thing to say, but but well done, well done, and I, right, I, and I yeah. hope that you you get to, you know, as as your journey continues, you get a bit, you know, to sort your head and your soul out a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. You've mate. been through That's a lot, cool. man. You've been through a lot, All brother. Right. And I, I and I um, you know, I wish you the best. All right, mate. One last thing. Yeah, go on. B side thing. Yeah. Check out Children of the Ghetto. By the real thing. Now I don't know much about the real thing. Were they like a sort of sort of disc funky funky disco funky, group? Funky disco band yeah. from like the nineties. Yeah. If you listen to them, they sound American, but yeah. they were actually all from Liverpool. Yeah. They bought out a single in the nineties, which was from the nineties. I thought they were from the seventies. No, no, in the, they went. Oh, that's It may have been the eighties, mate. Here we go. This fella's don't know what he's yeah. talking about. Your, your honour, this guy is a liar. I have evidence. He's yeah, confusing right. the decade of the real thing. The, the track that they bought out was <laughs> called "Can You Feel the Force." Right. But the B side was called "Children of the Ghetto," and it must have been about fifty times better. And the best <laughs> it's often the way, isn't it? <laughs> off, often the way. Steve, uh, um, thanks for your call, man. I really appreciate it. I hope we get to speak again soon. All right, mate. Thanks Cheers, for fella. taking the call. Appreciate it, buddy. No worries. Take care, mate. Let that just sink in for a bit, huh? What... What people have lived through, eh? What pe- some people have lived through doesn't even bear thinking about their whole lives can be a, a battle, you know, a battle, whether it's a physical one or, or a mental one or a spiritual one, their whole lives can be a battle. And you just think as well, you know, people doing stuff like that to kids and, 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 and ruining for a lot of them, for a lot of them, you know, they, they come out the other side, but for a lot of them ruining the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years. What, for what? All for, all for an orgasm, you know, all for, 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 for a power kick and, uh, 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 and, uh, uh, and, you know, to, to, for a sexual kink, ruining someone's lives. They're ruining 26 kids' lives. You know, the number, what is that? It's like 500 years worth of life. These ruined. Giving them a burden they have to carry around, Mm. making them feel responsible for what happened to them. Giving them your shame and your guilt and your your darkness. Giving that to all those babies, all those babies. God, and we, you know, we've got babies, and you just think, flipping heck. Ay, 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 ay. Wicked, isn't it? It it is wicked. It is wicked. Thank you, Steve. That is a very powerful call. I think that's going to stick with a lot of people uh, for a long time. Let's go to a break. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Hang on. 
Play the music more, play the music. There we go. Hang on. Right, let's do, do, cut the music. Cold, cut it. I'm just, um, just um, complaining. I've just heard, um, apparently, that conversation I was having with David Badcock earlier mm. on, he was recording it and he's put it out as a podcast. He's done what? He's recorded it and he's put it out as a podcast. Yeah, that's illegal. Yep, exactly. So we'll, we'll have you that taken police. down. <clears throat> we'll have that taken down, guys. That's what we're going to do. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Good evening, Katie. Good evening, Ian. How are you? I'm croaky, but I'm fine. It's a sweet help. Yes. I'm, well, I've got this... <laughs> and these coughing fits just seem to come from there. So I've got water, I've got coffee, uh, caffeine-free, and I've got cough sweets, and, and I'm... There's only another 40 minutes to go. We can do this, guys. Oh. <laughs> we can do it. We can. Uh, I'm just ringing up about depression. Um, yeah, go on. Ian, and... It's just been a crazy load of conversations tonight. Absolutely brilliant what you've been doing and what everyone's been talking about. And it's such... um, I'm so passionate about it and about people that have got depression because I I really went through it um, eight years ago. Yeah. And um, to a point where I... It was weirdly every Wednesday night. I don't know why that was. I, th- I think it was because I didn't have my son, and I drank a lot, and I took tablets, and it was just basically a cry for help. Yeah. Um, and eventually, after about the third week of me doing it, I uh, had a very good friend, and she just got an ambulance, and I just went to hospital. Yeah. And my heart stopped. And uh, it was really, really, really serious. Yeah, and, um, it's quite serious. I don't know much about medicine, Katie. After being kicked out of medical school, I do know that heart stopping is really, really it's serious. Not it wasn't, and obviously no. I didn't realise because I was totally out of it. And yeah. and and the problem was was that I was uh, crying for help, but it just went a little bit yeah. too far. Yeah for close to comfort and then I thought right this is this is this is crazy I really need some help yes and whoever I talked to friends or family that just didn't really cut it so I knew I needed some proper help so I admitted myself into a mental health hospital oh well done yeah and um it was the best thing that I'd ever ever done and I was there for three weeks and um you really saw people who had huge issues and you know you've got issues yourself but when you look at other people you think wow i mean people were in there for obviously i can't talk about now but massive massive issues when Um, you say you checked into a mental health hospital what i don't know what that means where where would one find such a place and how how do you do it i think when i was in hospital and they were like okay this is this is getting a bit crazy you're doing this every every week you're here all the time we haven't got the beds yeah um would you think about going into a mental health po- health hospital and getting some proper help? Yeah. And the idea of, you know, I just thought of, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest and I was terrified of the prospect. <laughs> um, but they suggested it and I thought, this is the only way I'm going to get help. Yeah. And um, so I said, yeah, yeah, that's what I need. Um, it was slightly terrifying, but it was... It was the best thing that I've ever, ever done. And was that the turning point? Did you, did you know, saying you were fixed and cured, but was that the, was that kind of the, the, the upswing, where the upswing began? Yeah, I think it was a little bit after that, because when I got out of the hospital, I think I realised what I did, how it hurt my family and my friends, um, you know, what it did to them. And yeah. I think after a, a few months after that, I thought, wow... 
yeah, it's uh, it's the impact that you put on everyone else as well, which you don't realise at the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that was definitely a changing point in my life. And um, there's this thing I call, you know, you have depression. I think people generally tend to have depression possibly for life. I certainly do. And it's just ways of, it's mechanisms of coping with depression. Yeah. So I always class it as like a, 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 a switch of a light, you know. So if you think, right, I'm going down there, I'm getting down really mentally, not very good. Switch, that, flip that switch, you know, yeah. just... Just try and, you know, the worst ebb, you, nobody wants to go there again. It's not as easy as that, but just try and try as hard as you can to think of the positives of what's happened in your life. Um, well, there's a very simple trick that I haven't done for ages, but I should, I should do it more often. And they do it in recovery and they do it in mental health recovery and they do it in addiction. Mm-hmm. The gratitude list, where you just write three things, and it sounds a bit, mm, but actually it kind of works. You just write three things that you're grateful for, and it can be like having a job, it can be that you've got a yeah. bed, it can be that you've had a good meal, it can be that you've, you, know, you saw a really good film, it can be Absolutely, that you've got kids, yeah. anything, just three things. And uh, it just helps... Um, over a period of time, it's accumulative. It just starts nudging you ever so slightly into realizing uh-huh. that they're, you know, sure you want to die and you, you, your life is miserable and you hate yourself, but uh-huh. actually, there, there are you've got a roof over your head. Might be one. You had a Absolutely. good breakfast. You know, that's it. Yeah, and it's just the simple things in life like that. It's like baby steps. It's, it's just really, really simple things, and it kind of brings it all back to reality. Um, and it's um, it's so important to have that. Yeah. You know, and to have that mentality, and, and it's it's hard. It's really, really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But I just want—I don't know why I'm bringing. It, I just want people to know that it's normal for people to have depression. We're all and it, normal, you know. and we want our freedom. <laughs> to slightly paraphrase the song, Katie, thank yeah. you very much for that. Thank you, Cheers thank you this. very much. Ian. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Okay, take oh, care. Three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've got to phone Venison up because I said I'd Skype him and. Um, let me, uh, let's go to the Skype. We're going we're gonna to Skype the United States of America. We're going to go to America with Homer the A-Team and, uh, and the Night Riders. And, uh, we're going to send Homer Dodgeball. Homer Vince Vaughn, star of the movie Dodgeball. And star of the movie... Come on, stupid thing, answer. It's answering, you Muppet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, here we are. Yes. Okay. Can you, you hear a... me? Hmm? There's a slight delay. What's... There's always a delay with venison. Oh, I don't well, think it's technological. I think it's mental. We got a delay. There we go. Uh, oh, okay, God. that's fair. Yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of you for Hang a on. while. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can oh, hear God, you. We got the delay's gone. Fine, there we go. We're in. Good. Yeah. It's been been a busy show, man. We're quite popular yeah, I, over here. We're I've award noticed. winners. <laughs> We're award winners. <laughs> I forgot that. We won an award for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was fishing for, buddy. Thanks. Oh. You got me. I, I see you've been calling for ages. I'm, I, I appreciate your persistence. You're on now. What have you got for us? Well, I wanted to take, you know, tell you about, uh, yes. you know, some incidents we had over here. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'll, I will congratulate your friend Lewis over there, you know, who went, you know, had his little episode where we, you know, got sent to jail one night yeah. and got out the next morning. Hang on, who's this? Who are you talking about? I've got no idea who you're talking about. 
Well, you know, you know, Lewis, you were talking about a couple hours ago. Louis C.K.? No, Louis the... No, 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 not Louis C.K. Oh, the guy that was accused. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, gosh, I'm, I'm, yes, gosh, that feels like a lifetime ago. That was incredible. We've had some amazing calls this evening. Sorry, Venison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he got, he got out of jail. Yeah. All right? Got no weapons, he dropped charges, whatever. He's lucky. Yeah. Because there are some instances where you don't have that. Go on. All right, and uh, you know, for instance, there's a you know there was a movie out, and this is and this is why I you know say this comes this all comes with a warning. Yeah, there was a movie out. I can't remember the title of it. <laughs> where you know, well, briefly, <laughs> uh, you know, this brother, you know, the two brothers, you know, one older, one the younger. Yeah, uh, the older brother was harassed by these two twin girls. Yeah. You know, who wanted, you know, who wanted to be with him, blah, blah, blah. But he blew her, he blew them off. He said, get away from me. Yes. And they decided that they were, you know, going to get ticked off yeah. and decided to uh, do a revenge thing. Yes. You know, where they were, in which case they uh, decided that they, you know, uh, they were going to say that he, he, he sexually molested her. Yes. You know, they, they went into the, you know, the family house. The family had a sex dungeon what? and all kinds of, you know, weird things, you know, were going on in the house. You know, well, of course, nothing like that was occurring. Yes. And, you know, the family got arrested. You know, the parents got arrested. They're banging the kids in. And uh, they searched the house. They found none of those things. Yeah. All right. But they did find, you know, a small stack of Playboys under a bed. Okay. Wow. All right. But... You know, they grilled, you know, they questioned and grilled the kids who were like, you know, I think one was 13, the other one was like seven, and grilled them for, you know, for a few hours. Yeah. Trying to convince them that, yes, this happened. You're lying. This happened. It happened. You know, and finally, got, they got to the point where, you know, just leave us alone. Yeah. You know, okay. Whatever you say. Yeah, it happened. So they could go home. And wrong. They decide, you know, they decide that on that they go do, you know, do, you know, they made a conviction, sent the kids off to father homes, and blah blah blah. Yeah. And basically, make their lives were miserable. Yes. Okay. Now then. Huh? Uh, you, you know, just like you said people. that was the most inappropriate Oliver Hardy hmm, I've ever heard in my. Second, this well, this was a, a movie or a yeah. documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie. It was based on a true story. Uh, based, based on a true story. Okay. All right. Now, yes. we get to this case. Uh oh. You know, which is it was just de- definitely a true story. This actually happened to a friend right. of mine. Okay. So, but so the other one may or may not have been a true story. Oh, it was. Okay. Oh, it was. Who was, was in the movie? A... Huh? Who was Say in? Again? Who was in the oh. movie? Oh God, I don't. I don't remember now. Okay. Remember, I had two strokes. My memory is like. Pfft. Okay. okay. <laughs> Listen, I've, got, I've just got to say, if anybody phones up who's had strokes, you will be questioned as thoroughly as if you'd had one stroke or zero strokes. I don't. I don't go soft on strokes. Okay. So don't well, try and weasel out of this one, Venison. Excuse me. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but normally in movies, unless it's really, really good movie, okay. you know, like Star Wars or something, you don't know who was in it, you don't know what it was called, you don't know anything. We should, okay, right? Yes, but the, your, the thing that happened to your friend. All right, you know, now a friend of mine, 
who basically got out of the hospital, you know, and it's about a couple years later, you know, that had, you know, basically died on the operating table because the place he was working at then got robbed. He got shot in the gut. What? They locked the other people in the freezer. After the after the cooks left, the, you know, he got him out of the freezer and you know at the ambulance hospital there. Blah blah blah. Okay, but you know, a couple of years later, what? he was in my area. Yes, and was working at this uh, combination pizza place and arcade, gaming arcade place. Yes. And you know, this, Chuck, was it a Chuck E. Cheese? No, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. It was okay. something like it, though. I like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, and they also had you know the you know animated characters. Up you know there why? Ch- do you know why Chuck E. Cheese is so famous? <laughs> they okay, had. Let's... They had. Do you do you want to have a guess? Uh, They're historically yeah. famous for something that, that that happened there in the 1970s. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had the first of something. Anywhere in the world was in a Chuck E. Cheese, and now they're well, and then they were everywhere, and now they're not everywhere so much. But mm. you know, like you know, like the animated bear band or something. No, no, no. no. The animated bear band sounds awesome. No, should I tell you? Yeah, they had the first ever coin-operated arcade machine. Oh. Oh, you don't sound as impressed by that as I was. Nolan Bushnell and Al Acorn took, um, uh, made their first ever Pong machine, and they took it in a Chuck E. Cheese, and um, they realised after a week oh. when the, um, the, they opened it up and it was overflowing with coins, they realised they were going to be very, very rich indeed. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we had a machine like that, the, you know, up yep. in the diner, yes. you know, and another sound. Yep. About the same time period. <laughs> right. Now, now, what are you talking okay. about, man? Okay, you know, like I said, you know, uh, you know, that's this person who's 18, you know, video video gamer, come on. Yes. Video games came out that time period. Yes. They were, in, they were into video games. Right. Okay, and he met his friend. He met his other friend. Yes. You know, who decided to be video game champions together. What? You well, know, now you're describing the, now you're describing the plot of Pixels. <laughs> That's it. Almost, but yes, you know, they they you know were good you know good friends, good video gamers, competitions, etc. Yes, <clears throat> and he's been over his house like one or two times. Yep. Problem. Uh, he had a hot older sister, yep. and uh, you know, and after a while, he started you know. Yes. Being, you know, being more with the older sister, like, yep. you know, hey, baby, how about me? You want to go out sometime? Be, yeah, hey, spend a lot of time with me? her. Yes. And does does having two time. strokes mean you're rubbish at doing chat-up lines? I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Where are no, you no. going with this man? You've been trying well, to call well, me for two it? and a half hours, and I've got up. no idea it's what coming. you're talking about, <laughs> Venison. <laughs> well, it's coming up right now. Oh, God. Because he spent the time, you know, with this, you know, with his older sister, instead of him, yes, he got mad. Yes. And out of revenge, he decided to say that, you know, that he, you know, that my friend molested him. Oh. Sexually molested him. Yes. And, you know, and all this stuff, and he got arrested. Wow. Now, after about two days. Yep. The parents went there and saw, you know, said, you know, you, you, you were lying about this. Yeah. You lied. And, yeah, so they had to go, you know, to the police station and, you know, and tell them the whole story. 
that he lied, it was because of jealousy, and blah, blah, blah. But, they, you know, and that was, you know, that should have been it. He should have been freed. No. Because of the type of allegations that were made, yes. they decided to keep him in there. He was in jail for six months because nobody could come up with bail money. Wow. He had to stay in jail for six months. And well, even, finally, hang on. Got, but surely if he was innocent, you wouldn't need bail money. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the way it was supposed to go. But no, not our justice system. You know, there's no way if they, you know if you get accused of that, they don't care what you know what you know what evidence there is or lack of evidence, they will see it through. I just try to see it through. I've just worked out who you sound like. It was bugging me, and I've just got it. Brian Wilson from about 1985. Yeah, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to find a clip of Brian Wilson from 1985 in a minute and play it, and you sound exactly like him, Venison. Oh yeah. But I think be uh, but I think this whole thing really ticked me off. Yes, I because can tell. also in the, a local paper, they did a story on him on his arrest. Yes, and they they leaned into him. They called him a scumbag. Yes, to, you know the most perverted person you've ever known. Yeah, I mean they ruined him. Yeah, absolutely ruined him. And like and like I said, six months he had to stay in jail until he finally couldn't take it no more. And he you know, and uh, he went there and pleaded to a lesser charge. Okay, just just for a second, let's just listen. Hang on, this is who I think you sound like. Um, let me just skip to a bit where he's talking. Hang on, here we go. Here we go. Um, here. Hang on a second. And, and we were laying on the floor singing. From laying on the floor, we put the microphones down on our heads, doing crazy things, and we got into a very strange bag. Here we go, here we go, here we go. On the street of the studio that we were doing the fire tapes. I had the musicians wearing fire helmets. I had a guy bring in a bucket with burning wood to smell of smoke in the in the studio. I mean, I was crazy. No, sorry, he's making more sense than you are, Venison. I do apologise. <laughs> hey, listen, well, man. It, but, hey, I've got to go. We've got a full switchboard. Thanks for your call. We'll speak yeah, soon. Yeah, but hey. What? Hey, wait, wait. This is a warning. Don't let this be people do this no, to you. No, well, because look, the person's life was ruined yeah. for something he never did. Completely innocent. So he says. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, he was. I know, I know the person. And I know you. Well, well never luckily, luckily, like Venison, our, our our legal system is a whole lot less bent than yours. Yeah, thank God for that. At least thank, it is somewhere. Thank God for that. Cheers, my dears. Oh three four four. I know me neither. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's have a few minutes to decompress. This is the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. With time to change. A star-crossed soapbox for sailor boys, oh. stable girls, ah, I'm on the end. and stripper grands. It depends who you with and it depends on the situation. Late Night Speech Radio with a difference. Thank you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, I was going to do something then and then I was just hit by a wave of... Uh, on we let's go to um, so many choices. Good evening, Mr. Albus. Uh, uh, hey, Ian, how are you? Okay, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, can I, you got a bit of a cold. Have you still got that cold going on then? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I recommend Albus oil for that one. I saw a film today that you would have liked. 
Or what was that? It was lowbrow. It was... Oh, you remembered, you bastard. Okay, go on. It was, um... Well, I don't know what it's called. It's called um, Riot in Cell Block 99. Brawl. Brawl in Brawl. Cell Block 99. And um, it, I booked tickets to go and see it as part of the London, f- the, the BFI Film Festival, and we couldn't go. Um, and then mm. I found myself in London with a few hours to kill. Yeah. So I looked on. I, I, I looked at the all the view and the the audience, and they were. I'd seen all the stuff there. So I looked at the Prince Charles Cinema just off Leicester Square, and at, at perfect timing, one thirty-five, they were showing this this film. And I, I ch- checked IMDb seven point two. If, if it's six point seven or over, it's usually good. So I went yeah. to paid and, and saw it, and I'd read a good review of it. And it's yeah. Vince Vaughn doing a serious artistic. I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, yeah, seeing an artistic, uh, grown-up, violent film. It mm. was the worst movie I have ever seen in yeah. my life. And I've seen some crap. I used to watch all the Bruce Lye movies, right? Yeah. This was awful. The, the acting was terrible. The dialogue was just abysmal. And then there were all of these fights, but you could almost see the mouthing... One, two, three, four. As they were doing it, it was awful. And then he kicked... Vince Vaughan kicked a man's head off. It was ridiculous. I, honestly, it was the worst two hours I have ever... I would rather be buried alive with rats and snakes and, and beetles crawling all over me than have to endure that rubbish again. It was awful. You'd have loved so you it. Felt- yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Absolutely. Uh, you don't know how much that lowbrow comment affected me in my life. Um, I have lost all my confidence and no, everything. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You, uh, you, you got, I have, you, man, because you, you called me unintelligent. I didn't call you unintelligent. It, lowbrow means it. You don't, no, it doesn't. And you got all arsy on Twitter over a throwaway comment on a throwaway uh, show. I can't believe you remembered it, though. Your memory is very good. Well, no, I, I remember when... A month ago. I remember when people um, um, make up grudges against me and, and, and are rude on Twitter and exaggerate what is a throwaway comment on a throwaway, silly, spurious okay. show. I didn't want to talk about that anyway. Can I ask you a question if that's okay? You can ask me. Ask it. I may not answer it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. On, I was reading about in Canada that um, on the radio um, that they don't deem the F word, I'm not going to say it, obviously, as... Uh, taboo anymore, so they're allowed to say it. Well, on Canadian radio, yes, but it's only in French. Yeah, in French. Yeah. Um, but we could say it in French why? here, couldn't we? What is yeah, the F word? The F word? In French. Uh, I'd rather not play that game. Well, what? But spell Le it. F spell word. It. S or F? F. The F word. Are you listening? Hello. Yes, I am. Go on. Was what? Spell it. I don't even know what it is in French. Le br- le, 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 uh, lapin. It's an F word again. Lapin. <laughs> no, it's not lapine. La merde. Lapine is a female rabbit. Um, so say... Whoa. No, okay. But could I just ask, like, on the BBC, after nine o'clock watershed, they're allowed to say it, correct? Or no, or is it after There's no watershed. Time? Why not? No, hang on. Are you talking on like, television or radio? Television. On the, on um, the television. But yes. Why not on the radio? That's what I'm wondering. There is no watershed on the radio. 
Well, why doesn't it exist? I mean, at this time of night, surely, like... Well, if you, uh, I can tell you why it doesn't exist. OK, uh, cool. Because the um, uh, regulators of radio believe that... Um, uh, and it makes sense 20 years ago, when, when you watch hmm. TV... You had a TV downstairs, and there might be a TV in mum and dad's room, but that was it. Uh, and, and kids would be in bed by nine o'clock, and they would not be able to watch TVs in their bedrooms or watch them on their telephones or watch them on their yeah. tablets, so they would not see um, bad language and, and, and violence and sexual swearing. But, but, but kids could have had, 20 years ago, a little transistor radio in their bedroom and so that they it was felt that children could be listening to the radio at right. any time now here's the thing if you listen yeah. to radio four at two o'clock weekdays it's the archers the one from the night before at two fifteen to three mm-hmm. o'clock they will have a play and quite often in those plays uh you will hear the f word the s word the b word the w word and I hmm. believe the C word has been in there, but I think there were some complaints about that. Um, and so, so Radio 4 have a special dispensation. Really? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's such an outdated law then, because if that was the reason, kids now just go on YouTube and can watch anything. Um, at any time. Yes, yes, they can. So, so I, well, I don't... In the I, privacy of their room. But, but I don't yeah, think anyway. that that... But that doesn't necessarily mean just because children can now watch... Well, that's down to irresponsible parenting, I would suggest. But that of doesn't course. mean that we should we should open the floodgates and allow swearing on the radio. No, but I, I'm just meaning at this sort of time of night when clearly kids would be... Or, or should be in bed. I like the fact that we that, that we don't. I like the fact that okay. we don't. And, and oh. here it's a little bit freer than anyone else, and I've, anywhere else I've worked, and I've been able to say the S-word, and I've said it a little bit too much, and actually yeah. I'm trying to rein it in because um, I think it's a good discipline to be in. I think it's a good discipline to have to not swear. And, and, and uh, yeah, an F-bomb's funny, of course it is. And, but, but on the radio, I don't, you know, I know my niece and nephew listen in New Zealand, and I don't want them yeah. to hear me swearing like that. Well, I can respect that, and I apologise for my uh, rubbish on Twitter last month. Thank you very much indeed. Peace and love. Let's uh, squeeze these last two calls in. Um, In fact, let's have them on together. Uh, Kyle, say hello to David. David, say hello to Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hello, David. Hi. Well, this is is bizarre, Ian, because oddly... Well, there were two things I wanted to ask you about, Ian, and one one of them concerns concerns that that other caller. So that's bizarre you've put spells on. Well, I've seen it well, Ian's not... Uh, no, that's fine. David, I'll t- I'll, David, if it's all right with you, I'll talk to you. Go on. There's nothing that I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to Ian. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to you first. Uh, right. I've heard you. I've heard you on Ian's show occasionally, and, you know, you've been good and you've been knowledgeable, and I like it, and I've learnt something. I listened, I listened to your podcast last week, and it, it was very good. I've listened to the one that's appeared today, which I believe you've had Ian on as a guest, yeah. and I, I, he, he owned you. He owned you. you. You did nothing. And I've started, for the first time, I've started to think, you are either a fraud. You, you clearly don't know what you're on about. Not yours. Well, no, if that's the best you can come back with, because I'm expressing the opinion. What, anything don't else? Is that it? Don't suck a fat one. You just right, is that, is that, you know what? I had no idea. I thought, you know, for a festive special, we're coming up to Christmas. 
you could do like past like Scrooge and you could interview ghosts, you know, maybe an old one with chains on. And then, like, a current, like, I don't know, somebody current who's about to just, like, Bruce Forsyth, maybe. Right. And then the future, which could be, like, a future old one of you. He finished. Yeah, yeah. Right. Everybody listening there, uh, go on uh, the David Babcock on Twitter and uh, go and find my latest installment with the, the host of this show, uh, Ian Lee. Uh, it's very, very good, and you, you're definitely sure to enjoy it. So uh, make sure you read David Babcock on uh, Twitter and Facebook, episode two of the Ghost and Me podcast. Let's get it right up the iTunes charts with Ian Lee. But, but David, you've, you've not answered the questions of, of party. You've just said up yours repeatedly. I can say it again if you like. <laughs> Why would you... I'm I'm just questioning your ghost credentials. No, you're saying that you're saying that I don't know Jack. Well, I'm saying that I thought Ian owned you. And I'm saying I think you were that one where they were like it's a leg off flying through the wall. Yeah.